Tune in to the Neil Prenderville Show weekdays from 9am on Cork's Red FM. Little icon making the red tops today where they say 25 degrees. Maybe further away to the west, I don't know, maybe we'll hit the mid-twenties at some stage over the next six or seven days. But they talk about the roaring twenties in the papers this morning. They're the kind of headlines I take all day. Unfortunately, as a Portuguese man-of-war jellyfish, they're particularly venomous. And they were washing up on Garrettstown Beach. Red flag there at the moment with lifeguards raising the red flag. Also, watch out for those weaver fish as well. You don't be walking on those fellas. But anyway, Saturday morning, it washed up on shore. On a nearby on the on the nearby Gary Lucas Beach, and they're saying that the Portuguese man of war can cause very painful stings even days after the creature itself had died. Uh, and they talk about the uh, the different types of wounds, these red welts on human skin last day. And they're very 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 serious, so you don't want to be messing with. I think it's best really, uh, you know, to avoid all jellyfishes. But the Portuguese man of war is particularly. Uh, dodgy. You know, I know there's uh, criticism with regards to uh, the amount of people who are raging about, say, 40,000 people in Croke Park um, and, you know, the music industry, entertainment, drama, arts and live events um, are still not allowed to uh, proceed. But the first, Friday night saw the first of our concerts on Lisa. You know the Magic Nights by the Lee events? These are the outdoor ones. There was a rockin' one. Fantastic. 200 people saw the White House Guitar Club uh, take to the stage in Ballancolic Regional Park. And by all accounts, it was a super-duper gig. But Michal Martin, who was at the match yesterday, and I imagine that Simon Coveney was as well, uh, has defended um, the uh, fact that uh, 40,000 people were at Croke Park yesterday. We have a number of people in hospital now. I think the figure is actually uh, something like 300 to 300, I think maybe like 314. Uh, I'm not a fan of the daily cases being constantly reported on, but we're reminded of them today, particularly after Croke Park yesterday. And it isn't my intention at all to put any downer. I thought it was fantastic and I thought it was great and a wonderful spectacle to see so many people enjoying hurling at, uh, at that level. But they're saying the average now for the last 14 days is 1,890. 90 per day, which is uh, as high as it's been since last February. Uh, but Simon Coveney makes the papers as well, um, where he's defended the 40,000 at Croker because of the frustration, because of restrictions still with entertainment and live, live events. Uh, um, the papers this morning talk of a number of people can be seen drinking away to their heart's content uh, outside, many gathering with friends, weaving their way through the match crowds and stuff like that. And there's a, a fiddler and singer, Nee of Dunn, who shared a video saying, I'm watching and loving the match, but I also did an outdoor gig last night and only 80 people were allowed to attend, all masked, two metres apart. It's my third gig in front of people in two years and I'm raging. Uh, somebody else said, another musician said, I live a stone's throw away from, from Croke Park and this is utterly heartbreaking. Shame on you, shame on you. It's the inequality of it all, really, that has annoyed many, many people. Uh, because there wouldn't be any kind of meterage like that at Croke Park, nor masks for that matter. Uh, but no matter what you do, uh, Limerick won the All-Ireland hurling final. Um, and uh, victory hurls golden age of hurling in Limerick is a story from this morning's uh, Irish Times. The examiner has supplements, a huge supplement in the examiner today where they rate all the players. Um, obviously, the ratings for the Limerick players are higher than the ratings for the Cork players. 332 
to 122. Would it be right? And they call history makers and record breakers um, uh, with regards to Limerick. Joining the greats uh, as Limerick annihilate, annihilate Cork for their third title in four years. I think it was the highest score ever in a hurling final. Heard that somewhere yesterday. There was a lot of stats doing the rounds. Uh, yesterday, uh, papers talk about it. There's reams and reams of coverage. I'll come back to it. I mean, we could, you know, we could be celebrating this morning. We're not. In fact, I think um, Shawnee McGrath uh, t- called them relentless yesterday uh, on Red FM. Um, bumped into a buddy of mine yesterday who called it an annihilation. I think Kieran Kingston said it was like trying to hold back the tide with a bucket. But anyway, we will come back to it shortly. There's a lot of COVID-related stories, incidentally, with 8,000 children now uh, waiting for outpatient appointments in Cork. This is not a national figure. Uh, it's a Cork figure. And this is just the children alone. It's a front page of making the echo. 8,000 children on the list. And they figure that the national list of people waiting now could climb very soon to one million. Meanwhile, the INTO, who uh, represent primary school teachers in Ireland, are saying that children who have the uncommon symptoms, uh, we know of the symptoms that are very common with regards to COVID, but more the uncommon ones associated with the Delta variant, that they should not go back to school when schools resume uh, from this coming week. Are they really going back this week? Crikey, that was fast coming around, wasn't it? Uh, but anyway, the INTO have said that, and, and this will cause chaos, I think, in families uh, over the autumn. Because what child doesn't have a sniffle or a cold or a cough? Children can have sore throats, headaches, runny or stuffy noses. They can feel sick, vomiting, diarrhea. Up until summer, children could go to school with these symptoms. But the INTO are now saying that they should not attend school with these kind of symptoms. I mean, that will have all sorts of implications for people in the home or working families, I would think, because kids have sore throats and blocked noses and runny noses all of the time, don't they? I mean, I remember from, you know, back in the day with my own kids, uh, awful, awful tragedies on our roads over the weekend. Uh, one, why am I hearing so much of people driving the wrong way, particularly on motorways? I saw it myself once over Limerick Way, going to Shannon once, and it's an awful sight to come across where you see somebody on the motorway literally driving at you. Uh, and the, the Kurdish family um, who died in the horrific head-on collision on the M6 on Thursday make the paper state. It's awfully sad. They, they died. Uh, Karzan, his wife Shahen, and their eight-month-old baby Lena all died. Fireball smash. Car driven the wrong way down the M6 ploughed into them. And the man who ploughed into them, apparently, according to the mail this morning, had previously been seen, been seen by mental health services over the past couple of years and indeed had been before the courts for dangerous driving incidents, it was reported uh, over the weekend. It's awfully, awfully sad. In other news this morning, of course, there's lots of other stories. One is one is one that should be before the court soon, but has been delayed because of um, uh, COVID. And this is, they call him in the red tops this morning, the deranged killer who murdered a young woman in front of her friend. He's failed in his latest bid for freedom thanks to COVID-19. They call him the psycho Peter Whelan. He's 37 now. Uh, he knifed Nicola Sweeney at 20 years old at the time, to death at their home in Rochester Road and stabbed her best pal Sinead O'Leary um, 20 times. He actually broke the blade uh, on Sinead. I spoke to her on the air about this again some months back. He's furious, furious according to the Red Tops today because his fifth parole hearing has been delayed 
because of COVID. Um, and then with regards to how we run our countries, an interesting story making the star this morning when they talk about advisors, they talk about consultants, they talk about legal firms and accountancy firms that work for the Irish state. And they talk of five of the country's top accountancy firms who've been paid a staggering 54 million euro for their consultancy services. That's a million a week. And that's just for the HSE, a million a week. Um, for the HSC alone. And we all remember the 50 million that Irish Water paid up front to consultants before a meter was installed or a tap turned on. Oh my God, so much money. I was mentioning last week about the ever-increasing football stars from the 50s and 60s and I suppose to an extent even the 70s who contracted or, or became victims of dementia. And I mentioned the... Um, the leather balls that they were heading at the time. That story continues to dominate some of the international or the British sections of the press this morning where uh, the football legend Dennis Law, he actually came out and insisted yesterday that heading the ball was directly to blame for his dementia diagnosis. And for those of you that might use Google Maps, God knows, I mean, it can be just so problematic and temperamental Google Maps. It can take you to all sorts of places you never wanted to go. I mean, I enter stuff into Google Maps and I often think, do they think I'm walking or what? Or do they think I'm on a bike? I mean, they have, sometimes it, t- it seems to avoid main roads thinking that the other roads will get you somewhere faster and they'd be twisty boreens. But apparently experts are warning now that Google Maps is directing people, particularly walkers, to take dangerous routes while hiking. I mean, yeah, and motorists too. And then apparently, because there was no Irish college across the summer, the Banatees have been missing the boys and girls in Gwaeltoc areas all over Ireland. There's a lovely story in The Independent this morning where one of them says, you'd miss them all right with their fake tans and their vast appetite for Nutella, bread and scones. <laughs> I think that's lovely. And sadly, Don Everly died at the weekend. The other half of the iconic rock and roll duo, the Everly Brothers, died at the weekend at the age of 84. I was just reading up and just looking back at their incredible career and the amount of hits they had. Like, you're talking about dozens. There was a lot more than just Bye Bye Love and not more than just three or four number ones. You're talking about uh, a couple of dozen hits uh, down through the years and incredibly talented, not just with regards to being able to sing, perform or play music, but to write their own music as well. Music like this. Ah, beautiful song. I suppose, really, I think Mary Scandal is standing by. Of course, we had a great crack on Friday between herself and uh, Harry over in Limerick, and Harry joins me as well. Mary, good morning. Good morning, Mame. Harry, good morning. Good morning, Harding. Oh, you sound hoarse. We're a small bit battled, all right. Oh, <laughs> we're, there for us now. What? You per, you played the perfect song there for us now. We're still dreaming of Liam. Yes, and I was just going to say, fair play to you, Mary. I was saying we can dream of next year, perhaps. Oh, of course. It wasn't our day yesterday, so, what can we say? No, and I suppose we have to take the hats off. Congratulate Harry. Congratulate oh, Limerick for being the better team. What was it Kieran Kingston better said? Team. What was it Kieran Kingston said, Mary, about the tide? Trying to hold the tide back with the bucket, was it? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh that was God. it. And you know, mean in fairness, there's no player goes out. I saw a lot of posts there last night now. 
not very complimentary to the Cork team and it wasn't fair. And were they Cork posts, were they? Well, supposedly. But there's no player goes out on a day to lose an All-Ireland final. No, sure. no, and no. they're only young fellas and they're amateurs and they put their whole heart and soul into training for yesterday. It didn't work out. We've had days like that before. I actually said yesterday, I had a nephew niece up there all the way from Skibbereen. Andrew, who plays for St. Patrick's Cup there in Skib and Katie, and it was our first All-Ireland sign, and I said, my first All-Ireland sign was 82, and we lost that. I know how they were feeling coming down for the last night. But there's better days ahead for us. No, you can't be singling out the players on this one. It was just That's a different fair. class. Yeah, and even the, Kieran Kingston and The Rock and Donal O'Grady and um, Jerk Cunningham there yesterday, they, they just weren't... I thought they were cuter, to be honest with you. I thought they had a cuter game plan, but it didn't work out on the day, and you have to take the good with the bad. And I was sitting there with my sister and my mother yesterday, my sister Liz and my mother, the three of us at the only match, and we just said at the end of it, like, no team would have beaten them. No, it was a hard, hard watch. Harry, you must be absolutely yeah. delighted over in uh, Liberty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Look, it was, it was just, it was awesome, I think. Um, we were down with, with, with Gagabox and we met a, a lovely family, the Hills, um, uh, Kieran Hill and, and um, uh, it was brilliant and, and they were the, the Cork family we'll say with Gagabox That's kind of like that's the GA version of Gogglebox isn't it? Correct yeah. correct correct. Yeah. and we, we met in the hotel the night before and we, we had great crack with them and and, and they are welcome to our house up here in, in a hand and vice and, and vice. It, it, we had a great time with them and and we couldn't even you know there was a bit of banter all right but so we didn't want to be um, blown if you want to call it blown you know what yeah, I mean yeah. was there at any stage when you were saying Limerick stop scoring that's enough no we we kind of did you know and um, <laughs> I thought because we it was tip now or if or, or it was Kilkenny we just like to keep going like you know what I mean but, <laughs> I have to say that but um, against Cork no not definitely not doing uh, not not that not the Cork you know but look the the boys are they have a plan and the plan is working for Limerick at the minute you know and what is that plan they're just bigger they're fitter? bigger they yeah, they're older they're stronger. They're a small bit older, but we're not too old, you know. We're not. We're a young team still as well. Like I mean, you take Graham O'Kelly maybe out of out of that team, and 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 Nicky, and and I think Declan Hannon maybe only twenty eight or nine. Like so, we're still they're still young. Like you know, everyone else is younger than that. Like Ah, uh, sure, that's the way it goes. They're, they're cute with the old uh, elbows into the sides and the under the skin. Come on, I'll be honest. It's called it's, it's called timing. It's called that. That's called timing. You know. I have to say the ref the ref didn't see everything though, Mary. You're right. Oh no no no! There's a lot of stuff with that goal yesterday. But look, that's did not take from them. Now they were up for it. They were prepared for it. They were. Yeah, they were. Very they were very, just, very very bad pieces. They're they're just they're, they're just massive athletes. Like every one of them. And, and do you know what? They're nice lads. I've met Corrod Hegarty, I've met Keen Lynch. It's lovely. Lynch, to, to, yeah, it was lovely. To, it was lovely to see all the babies come out at the end, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, I suppose they're saying enjoy this because you mightn't see it again. Like that's the way we'd be thinking. Yeah, I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. But Mary, <laughs> in fairness, in, in yes, fairness, what? I said he might be thinking they're nice lads, but I wouldn't be asking any of them out. Like. You wouldn't what? It's not a great line. I, I missed be, it. I wouldn't be asking any of them out. Would you not? Oh no! 
Why? I'm waiting for our beautiful Cockman here to develop into these strong men. Yeah, I suppose <laughs> we'd, we'd beat them all right in the looks department, wouldn't we? Oh, definitely, bro. <laughs> <laughs> that one win Lee McCarthy, though, will it? If you have all the looks, once we've got the holders, I don't care about looks, I can tell you that. <laughs> you don't want to win pretty, you just want to win. <laughs> <laughs> I said on Friday a point would do. Look, I'm delighted. <laughs> so will there be? Will well, there be? Asha, what can you do? What can you? Will there be much of a homecoming? Do you think, Harry, or celebration I or anything? I, I don't think there's going to be any because of the COVID situation that we're in. I, I, I suppose the boys might break up and go to their local clubs, kind of thing. You know what I mean? But I don't think there's going to be the the party for them that they deserve. But Look, we, uh, the COVID situation, I don't think there's going to be any. Yeah, know? sure. Look, what can we do? We won the under-20s, we won the minors, but the big one got yeah, away. Bad, when, when we were with the Hills on on, uh, on, on Saturday night, um, I we were in a pub in Ranelagh, and I said to the DJ that was there, I said, could you plan two out of three and bet? <laughs> <laughs> the boys, we had great crack, like you know what I mean. That's a good idea. I might finish with a bit of meatloaf two out of three. Yeah, Thank no, you for that, no, Harry. No. That's a great idea. Yeah, no. <laughs> All right, Harry, well. I'll give you. I'll tell you one thing. Else. I tried to get song to the theatre. You no, it's not a great line. What'd you say, Mayor? I said I tried to get home from the theatre, and three of them were at the semi-final, and they went to function. They got their Harley. Slitters, everything is going back to Seattle tomorrow. They watched the match. They, they were at the semi-final, but they couldn't get tickets to the final. They were down in Cove with their 94-year-old grandfather, Dave Collin, <laughs> watching the match yesterday. <laughs> you both their little hearts. <laughs> they are going back to Seattle. They're going back to Seattle tomorrow. Hurling I'm friends, sorry, but Mary, I hope we continue to break hearts and cock and care and give and give Kenny. Our hearts, our hearts were broken for years. We were thrown off the dry patch as well. At least you, uh, at least you have a sore throat anyway. So I have some consolation there. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. All right. Well, listen. What can we say? Congratulations. Well done. Thanks, Ian. Well it sticks in the throat for us to have to say the better team won because we just won. I look forward to it, Harry, but you'll be saying to us, congratulations, and well done. Absolutely, and I, and I have no problem with that either, but All I think we'll be there ahead of you again, I'm well, afraid. Well, listen, here's to this time next year, we might get to chat again, Harry, all right? Absolutely, no problem. Congrats, take care of yourself. God bless. Cheers, bye-bye. 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 Lovely, bye-bye. lovely bye-bye. guy, Harry Toomey over in Limerick. Anyway, Mary, fair play to all of those that travelled up, fair play to them oh, yeah. for going to Croke Park, and indeed, them, and, and it must have been a tough drive back to Cork for them those fortunes. And, and to Skibberino for my gang from Skibberino it was a long long road they rang me a quarter ten last night they were only in Bandon and I just said it was a long long day a long like day. and when you're disappointed it's even harder but you know Neil we will we're a young team we will come again I well said, hope girl. that people take it easy on the players now and don't... I didn't know that there was criticism. I mean, people who are criticising uh, them don't understand. It's not on. There's no young that goes out and trains all year. For God's sake, cut yeah. yourselves on. Yeah. And be yeah. nasty like that. It's very negative. They were on about they ended up in the Grand Parade last night, some of the team getting selfies. But should they wouldn't be getting selfies unless people were asking them for a selfie. Listen, there's it's nothing not wrong with being on the Grand Parade. There's nothing wrong with taking selfies. They got to the All-Ireland final. 
Only exactly. one team can win. Like, do you just do you just boycott the losing team? Then you don't. That's not on. No, it's not on. They're not sports people who are saying that today, Neil. We're all disappointed. No, we should still be congratulating at the same time for getting to the but final. At the same time, they went out there. They tried. Yeah. You can't knock a young like that. It's well not said. on. All right, Mary. Lovely chatting over and the last few days. Neil, can I just say a safe journey back to my lovely five nephews and my sister Elaine and her husband Dave that came all the way from Seattle for the last three weeks and hopefully please God when they're back next summer they'll be on an All-Ireland final at Corkway you got it well said girl well said look after yourself text 0868 104 106 if you for something you'd like to contribute to yesterday's game text 0868 104 106 we'll pick it up after the break The Neil Prenderville Show on Twitter at Neil Red FM. I think we may have busted Limerick there in that chat with the DJ and a pub. They have DJs in pubs in Limerick? I'll be darned. Uh, but we had a lot of activity on Side. The Marina Park had big screens up. The Deep South had a big, huge queue up. Everybody was safe, but it was a big queue going into Deep South. Clancy's were doing the business with big screens and Princess Street with a, wa- with a wash with red and white and people watching the match on the big screens as well. And indeed, uh, the Rebels were out in force in the city yesterday. Marlborough Street had a big screen. Brenda was in there actually and caught up with some of the uh, supporters, the revelers, before, during, and after the game. Uh, good buzz in the city would have been an awful lot better if we'd won, but a good buzz none the same. I think Cork will win because they're a young, hungry team, and then it's overdue, it's long overdue this win. And where are you from? Kerry. <laughs> Cork, definitely, hopefully. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed they'll get there by the end of the end of the road, but fingers crossed the couple coming home to, to Cork this evening. It's going to be 50-50. Limerick are a good team, but Cork, maybe they have a, just a little bit to beat them over the end of the road. Better hurlers, better men, more confident. Limerick are crap. I think Cork will get a strong start, and Limerick won't come back from then. Cork, Cork by two points, Shane Kingston to cause absolute havoc in the square. Limerick are every favourites, but I think it'll suit Cork down to the ground. Cork will win it. Banker. Castlehaven. So it's half time down 13 points. How are you feeling at half time? Um, I feel like the boys will definitely bring it back in the second half. We're very confident. My favourite player, um, Connor Callan, because he's from Castlehaven as well. I'm from Tipperary, but I'm supporting Connor Callan because he's some player. At half time, I think Cork are going to pull it out of the bag. From Kerry, but I'm supporting Limerick today for my granddad. And I know Limerick have it, like, it's a clear sign they have it today. I know we have it in the bag, like we're going to win, so look, I'll be the one cheering them on at the end and everyone else will have lost, so... <laughs> Up the Rebels! Honestly, I'm distraught, but they put in a great effort, Patrick Horgan was great, Kingston got the goal early on, but look, it wasn't our day. Uh, Limerick were just too good on the day, you know, they never missed a shot, they, never, they only had to put four or five ways the whole game. You can't compete with that kind of skill, like, you know, they're the best they ever do it, I'd say, they're like the Dublin and Harlem, so... That's it. Uh, listen, we thought Cork might be able to do it with, with great hope, but listen, fair play to Limerick. They're, uh, they're top of the class for the last couple of years, and fair play to them. Look, Adelini, what can you do? This is the best Limerick team ever. They would beat Kilkenny in their prime, and that's it. End of the day. Box. I'm from Nucky, County Limerick. I'm the only person in Cork from Limerick at the minute. I'm having an absolute ball. No one else here is from Cork. I'm, having to, I'm actually dancing on my own. Up Limerick! Woo! 
Oh, the optimism of the Cork supporters at halftime, what can you say? Well, there is some consolation. Patrick Horgan scored 12 points yesterday and he now is the championship's top scorer. As the examiner said this morning, it's a little consolation on the day uh, when poor service ultimately cost him. Uh, He just didn't get enough ball. But in spite of that, 12 points and the championship's top scorer. Uh, Text 0868104106. Pick up the phone on 1850104106. I was also keeping an eye, as you were too, if you were watching it on the screen, keeping an eye on, on The Rock and keeping an eye on Jerk Cunningham. Most importantly, I suppose, Kieran Kingston. It must be tough to be on the sideline. It must be really, must be very frustrating. Your heart must be racing. Uh, this is just about 90 seconds of a press conference afterwards, Kieran Kingston. I suppose initially your first reactions is, is it's all about Limerick, to be fair. Uh, we have to get a tier one to go on record. It's huge, huge credit to Limerick. Huge congratulations to Limerick. Um, we, I said at the press conference before the game, we were going up against the team, in my view, uh, we're the best team I've seen since the great Kilkenny team. Uh, we know how good they are. We're looking at that four All-Irelands in a row. Um, and we saw that there today. So, massive congratulations to Limerick. From our perspective, to like trying to stop the tide with a bucket. Um, not a lot you could do, no matter what we try, we're short, you go long. I think they were just at another level to talk today. And we've got to be honest and say that. What's the rest of them like in there? I'm looking, kind of going to media at the moment, as you can imagine, disappointed. Um, 13 guys are playing in the first All-Ireland final today. Uh, we came up here, I suppose, on the back of a lot of talk around cock hurling, the narrative on cock hurling, and uh, Miners winning last night, Noel Fallon and his team for the first time in 20 years, and the, the, the 20s having won the last two. Uh, after 22 years of a, of a break which is great but uh, Cena's getting to the final with another bit of a momentum I suppose unexpectedly uh, but it's really until we start performing at this level that we can say yeah Cock Hurling is in a good place it's great to have underage titles many counties have had them before but it's when we start winning at this level it's then you say yeah Not a lot you could do, he said, like trying to stop the tide with a bucket. But in spite of the loss, of course, they gave us a great buzz over the past couple of weeks. They gave us something to be optimistic and positive about and something to celebrate. Of course, not a celebratory victory, but celebrating all the way. Uh, to uh, the throw-in, I suppose, really. And of that, we should be very, very thankful. Lines open, text 0868-104-106. Brian, good morning. Morning, Neil. How are we? I'm good, I'm good. Sure, what can you do? Uh, better team on the day. But um, were you in the city at the week? Were you in the city yesterday, was it? I was, yeah. Uh, I was walked down around the uh, centre of the city, like, and uh, I was down by the Deep South, and there was a queue there from the Deep South, nearly down to Turkey Street. Yeah, I saw it. Uh, yeah, and yeah. there was a great, um, no, it was great, the atmosphere in the air, like, I mean, there was singing and joking and that kind of stuff. And it was great to see, you know what I mean? Um I mean, for all going, you know, obviously to watch the match. Tomorrow. Did all that crowd get in? I don't know. It was about five past twelve when I was there. Obviously, the pubs are not until half past twelve. But um, I didn't hang around. Like I, I presumed they will. If they didn't get in the other so far else. Yeah, you know I know because I mean? there would have been a lot more than say two hundred in that queue. So I imagine there were people disappointed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There could have been like, but it's a big. I'm not too sure, but there's, but there's a big pub, like, isn't it? I mean, it goes all the way around to the. Yeah, yeah, and a lot of the other streets were doing their things as well. You know, I was saying that about Oliver Plunkett Street, Princess Street, Marlborough Street, Marina Park was was fantastic. Open door, open air, so reasonably oh, safe. Yeah, it was great to see people. I mean. It, 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 
99.9% of the people walking around with red jerseys. Like, there was the odd uh, green jersey walking around as well, which was great to see it. Like, you know, people getting out. It was a good day. It was sunny. People enjoyed themselves, you know what I mean? And unfortunately, the result went the wrong way for us, you know? Yeah, but there's a lot of musicians who were watching the television yesterday afternoon, as I was and as you were, and they saw 40,000 people in Croke Park um, without any kind of real restrictions or you know, segregation or masks or vaccinated with unvaccinated, and they're absolutely raging about it. Yeah, well, I, 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 it's, uh, I mean, it's just crazy. To, I mean, it was great to see the crowd as it was uh, halfway yesterday, you know what I mean? It gave a great atmosphere. But, like, but I mean, the whole way the government are handling this, this pandemic like, seems to be, I don't know, make it up on the run. Like, there doesn't seem to be any forward kind of thinking about the whole thing, you know what I mean? Um, I, I, we're after spending millions and billions in this, and yet, like when when we had other issues like like cancer and that kind of stuff eighteen months ago, there was no money there. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Well, that's uh, all this money. That's all borrowed money. The money that we're spending now. But how can Simon Coveney say that there's a big difference between All Ireland Final Day and an entertainment event? Like, okay, because you could have big outdoor gigs of similar number or 500 or 1,000 or two or 3,000. Um, why, why, why is there a big difference? I don't understand the big difference. I don't either, but I mean, it, 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 they don't seem to be kind of going... I, I mean, we had to change the wet pubs and the dry pubs. Like, I mean, where was the allowed to attach to that, you know what I mean? We had to pay nine euros, I think it was, at the time to go in to get a pint in the meal. Uh, the whole kind of scenario to kind of making a rock on the hook you know what I mean I mean we have other countries who have done methods uh, and they seem to have a different attitude than all crowds like I mean they seem to be kind of stuck in a kind of uh, something and they're not coming over the track maybe it's time for method to be changed the, the, the personalities they're going to be in and get new thinking into it mm. um, so that we could guess uh, um, outdoor gigs and outdoor, out, more stuff going on outdoor. It's the last piece of the puzzle, really, isn't it? To an extent. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, the, the, the music is very important to, to, to people, particularly on the weekends when they hope for a bit of entertainment. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they like to go out to the pub. And English is only uh, one man band like playing a bit of music, you know what I mean? They, they, they get an atmosphere inside the pub. And then you've got all the other. Um, musicians like I mean small bands or whatever I mean they'd like to be playing, playing like I mean they can't understand well, why you'd have uh, 40,000 in Croke I mean, Park and they can't play a gig anyway good buzz in the city you were happy to be part of it I was yeah I, I mean right. there was one good point all of it like Limerick scored 14 points in the second half and Scott Cox scored 11 so Cox has never went down even though Limerick came out of the blocks and they blew him asunder in the first half but Cox came home from the hill or head. I mean, 14 points to 11. I mean, that's reasonably, like, I mean, when you're going into the dressing room, put your head down at half-time and coming out and you get back deficit and play. I was proud of the Cox team, you know what I mean? Well, it and so should we all be. Yeah, so it was an annihilation, but 
it's just because one team was much, much stronger than the other. You can't, you can't take from the effort. Right to be, Brian. Cheers for the call. Take care of yourself. Best of luck. There's also uh, a lot of video footage and audio during the rounds because what you'd have inside in Croke Park is 40,000, but a lot of other people in Dublin and around Dublin who weren't at the match, who would have been watching the match on all the big screens and outside pubs. And there was a lot of people gathering. One is particularly disturbing and unfortunately it does appear to be uh, Cork fans. Uh, this is in and around, um, I think it might be in and around uh, Camden Street, uh, where they're saying online this morning that Cork GA supporters blocked the route of the number 15 bus in the early hours of Monday morning. I think the video was taken at around about 20 to 1, and there's a serious party going on, and it's, sea, it's a sea of red and white jerseys. Um, not everybody, because there's a number of people who are, are topless and they're partying and having a good time in spite of the um, in spite of the, the the result not going our way. This is just some of the audio from that. This audio is taken from inside the bus. The bus can't move. That bus isn't going anywhere. this morning I'd say anyway we did a lot of giveaways and competitions on Friday and amongst them was Laura Corcoran from the Borey Manor Road who won a great prize which was a VIP package for four people at the Clancy's gig joins me by phone Laura good morning how'd you get on? Hi man great it was a great buzz there um, like the, the atmosphere was amazing the food was amazing the drinks were like it was just a great buzz there itself uh, were you on the, were you on the roof? Yeah, we're on the rooftop there, so there's pizzas and pasta and stuff like that um, available. And I suppose the place was buzzing with full of red jerseys and everything like that. And Paul, we were dealing with Paul; he was a great help um, to us there in the rest in the in the rooftop there. So we had a great buzz. So thank you very much for that news. Not at all, but uh, unfortunately, it didn't go our way. Was it a tough watch, in spite of the pizza and the pasta and the couple of beers? Like I suppose. Uh, like uh, you, you know, at the start there was always hopeful, like that we were going to bring Liam home. But I suppose as the points kept coming in from Limerick, the kind of the, like the atmosphere was still there and everything like that. But I like it was disappointing. It wasn't our year, unfortunately. I suppose Liam were or Limerick were the better team, and um, so unfortunately it wasn't our day. But there was still a great atmosphere in Clancy. Was there any uh, Was there any Limerick supporters there on the roof? There actually wasn't. <laughs> we from from where I was sitting anyway. Um, no, there was it, the, it was a full house of Cork fans, so that was great for for the day that was in it. But you kind of knew fairly early on, I suppose, that this wasn't going to go our way. <laughs> as the goals kept going, the net, I suppose it was just a bit of no, this isn't going to be our year. But. I I was lucky enough to go to the Cork and Kilkenny game, so at least I had one day out in Croker. Oh, you're totally well. spoiled then, aren't you? You really so, had the VIP treatment for the semis and the final. So it was great anyway, at least to get to Croker and at least like, I suppose to have a day out. And you bet. Unfortunately, look, it wasn't our year, but maybe, maybe but next year. You never know. Listen, thanks to Clancy's for looking after you. Glad you enjoyed it, Laura. And listen, That's thanks great. for coming back and saying thanks. Appreciate it. That's great. Thanks very much. Cheers, all the best. Uh, I'd say, uh, you know, I felt for Sean O'Gohalpine because I was watching the documentary before and he was absolutely fantastic. If you watched any of the build-ups, they did huge build-ups beforehand and Sean O'G. Uh, featured in parts of it. Um, uh, meanwhile, I suppose there was um, some 
great comments that were doing the rounds yesterday with regards to the likes of, say, Sean Og, because Mihalamura Hurtig turned uh, 91 on the 20th uh, of August. And, and one of his witty comments at the time was on Sean Og Halpine during commentary. They, they can try and, and um, you know, commentate like Mihalamura Hurtig, but they'll never be as good as him, himself or as opposed to. Uh, an extent, Brendan O'Hare as well. But what was it he said? His father's from Fermanagh, his mother's from Fiji. Neither a str- neither a hurling stronghold. <laughs> and that's just off the top of his head. Anyway, back after the break. Text 0868104106. Text the Neil Prenderville Show now. 0868104106. Red FM. Sorry, should have said Mihal O'Hare. But uh, from one Mihal to another, Mihal O'Hare had some great um, live commentary quotes and the vast majority of the ones have here are Cork. There's only a few of them. Uh, one isn't, but I'd love to think that it was. In the first half, they played with the wind. In the second half, they played with the ball. Another one. Teddy looks at the ball. The ball looks at Teddy. Another one. Teddy McCarthy to Mick McCarthy. No relation. Mick McCarthy back to Teddy McCarthy. Still no relation. <laughs> Another one. Anthony Lynch, the Cork corner back. He'd be the last person to let you down. His people are undertakers. <laughs> I mean... Talk about thinking at speed. I mean, the guy is just an absolute genius. He turned 91 on the 20th. So happy birthday to Michal O'Murrahertick. He's missed, of that you can be sure. Vincent, good morning. Good morning, Neil. How not, are you? Not too complimentary, I think, no? No, I think everything needs to be honest and needs critical analysis. I've been following Cork GA. I dressed the Cork teams back in 1990 and 2006 and other years. And we had a lot of dealings. Was that in Savile or Best Menswear or both? Savile and, bo- and Best Menswear both. Uh, I dressed the Cork team in 1990 who did the double. They were a fantastic team. In 2006, we were beaten for three in a row. Uh, but in, re- in relation to yesterday, bring us forward. Like, if you look, I don't mind being beaten. I didn't expect Cork to win. And a lot of people at No Hurling didn't expect Cork to win. But I would expect Cork to run Limerick to four, five, six, seven, eight points. Now, the performance of the team, the defence, was simply deplorable. Mm. And how you can prepare a team to, for, play, for a defender to stand four and five yards off their man. I played junior football. I, I remember one day the young getting three goals in a match. And you know why I got the three goals? Because the defender was useless. Yeah, well, you know, I wasn't very good. Yeah, I know, Roy but you're King talking about soccer. a different. Roy you're King talking about soccer. a different league now entirely. You know, that, you know. Yeah, Roy Keane in soccer compared. If you're not tight on your players, you have no chance. He's on about it on Sky and ITV all the time. The amount of space that was given to the Limerick forwards, the the tactics of the. Uh, I know, but don't you think the they feel and the selectors was way off? But don't you think they off. feel bad enough as it is? No, no, but you have to have critical analysis. I put it out there. What does it cost to prepare a car team for the championship? Huge money, you know. If you if you want results, they're amateurs. Well, they're, they're amateurs. They're amateurs, but it's it, it, find out from the car county board. It costs huge money. Put teams out today. No, I remember being. I remember being at like if you if you were at a match, say Liverpool Man United. I was at uh, a match at Old Trafford where Liverpool beat Man United four one, 
And I was sitting on my hand saying, oh my God, don't score anymore because there's going to be murder here. You would think that Liverpool and Man United would be so close together with regards to talent that one team would never beat the other at that level by four goals to one. But they did. It was just an extraordinary yeah. thing on the day. And that's what happened yeah. yesterday. It was just an extraordinary no, set of circumstances. I, I'd say, no, no, if you look at results over the years, yesterday's result in hurling has to be the biggest defeat, I don't know the records, in 100 years by a Cork hurling team. Like, imagine Christy Ring or Jack Lynch watching that yesterday. I thought about after the match. You know, they possibly would have been God. saying it's great to be in an All-Ireland final. Rubbish. That's rubbish. Absolute rubbish. Now, how do we rectify it? I can tell you how you rectify it. The problem with the Cork County Board over many years is cronyism, right? You have medics on the sideline who are there for 40 years and they pass the baton on to family. This is, these are the facts. You don't bring a manager back who was already manager. And, and gets them to know? the final of the All-Ireland Hurling Championship? Rubbish. Cork is not about getting to finals. Cork is about winning All-Irelands. Winning All-Irelands. I'll give you another example. I put up a huge sign outside my house. It's up on LinkedIn page. Thanking the, the workers in the hospital in CUH. And I wanted a photograph back in July with one of the players. So I got onto the PRO on the Cork County Board. And I said, I want a photograph put it on the Echo, put it on Red FM. And the answer I got, no, we can't do that. The players are too busy. Now, one of the most important things in Limerick is the link yeah, well, between the team... That's fair enough, but, uh, but I have to tell you, I have to tell you that Patrick the Horgan... between the team and the community... Patrick Horgan... Patrick yeah. Horgan mm-hmm. came out here on his own time um, with, a sign, yeah. with a signed slitter and a personalised yeah. birthday card... For a young Cork lad living in Tipperary. I, I, I got, I'm telling you the response I got from a member of the county board. I got no answer supporting 5,000 workers in the summer inside in the hospital. Having said that, I rang the Hall Martin. I didn't get any, any answer either. <laughs> I rang the Lord Mayor. He didn't want to know. These are the facts. But what I'm talking about, getting back to the management team, with a result like yesterday, there's only one option for that group that are on the sidelines, selectors and manager. Please, step down. And if you don't step down, bring it back to the clubs, the clubs in Cork City and County who decide the future of Cork Hurling. And they must must be democratic. We have three managers now in Ireland from outside the county, Liam Sheedy, Liam Cahill, and and, uh, Davy Fitz, who are all available for the coming year. It's about time... The county borough got off the high horse. I would have thought. I would have thought. Cronyism is rife in Cork GA. I I would have thought that you wouldn't be looking for the sacking of Kieran Kingston. You'd be just saying better, better luck, better luck next time. I would. They have to step down after the display and performance yesterday. You have no choice. It was a better team. Diablo Sullivan, all the selectors. They were overwhelmed by a. I have nothing against them personally. I have nothing against them. I am into performance. If you're not performing in your job, you're called into the office. Yes, but you'll if always have a b- you'll job. always have a bad day, and you'll always no, be no, outplayed no, by a better no, team. A bad day, yeah. A, a bad day. Yesterday was the, was the calamity. Like if you watch, I, I follow sport. Like this was absolutely 
Okay, let's by midfield, by defence. They looked like on the sideline when they were in a group. Chat. They were overwhelmed. They, they, were, they couldn't. The other thing is, the other thing is, in Limerick, they have a woman on the team, on the selection, and the, the backroom team. We've no women. We're not progressive at all in the county board. We're living in the past. Cronyism is right. All right. We have people like Anna Geary. We have fantastic women in Cork. Okay, hold, hold on, hold on there, because I'm... On the group thinks, no. All right, no. listen, I may well finish this conversation with you after 10, but right now I'm out of time. I'm wondering if anybody else would like to rebut or take on what you're saying. Text 0868-104-106. Pick up the phone on one 106 with regards to your thoughts on what Vincent has to say. Hey, it's Dave. Join me weekdays from four for Dave Max Drive, where I'll help get you home or give you a little lift at home. Big hits, loads of fun features and traffic info. What more could you need? Join me weekdays from four. Dave Max Drive. Get it off your chest. Call Neil Prenderville now. 1850-104-106. Red FM. Must have been a tough day at the office yesterday on television as well for the likes of Anna Geary and Donalo Cusack trying to accentuate the positive and be as positive and upbeat as they could before. Then trying to keep it together uh, at halftime. It was a difficult task for them yesterday considering the, uh, you know, the halftime uh, score differential and what have you. Not to mind the full-time result, as the fuller says. So, uh, job well done by Anna and Don Logue yesterday. Anyway, Vincent, very critical of the team, very critical of the selectors, very critical of uh, the manager. Uh, just ran out of time there just before before 10, but I have other texts and calls coming in, and some agree, actually. That man is spot on, spot on. We handed the trophy to Limerick yesterday. We couldn't pass the ball. We couldn't mark the players. We had no long or short game yesterday. He is just talking fact. Finn, good morning. Finn, can you... Oh, sorry, hang on a second. He's on four. Finn, morning. Can you hear me now? Good morning. How are you? Interesting text there. Uh, handed the trophy to Limerick. Couldn't pass the ball. Couldn't mark the players. No long, no short game. Fact. I don't think anybody, any team in the country would have um, been able to pass the ball past Limerick yesterday. They, they're a professional outfit and they've shown it. Professional? Uh, Talk to me about professional. Well, they, they, they're, they're not going to into mundane jobs every single day and they, they've got the best of funding down there to keep them on the straight and narrow and keep them training hard. And you can see it by them because three or four years ago, they were the whipping boys before they went on this it, magic it, run. And is that J.P. McManus's money, is it? That's what they're saying. But anyway, regardless of, like the Dublin team that came up through the football uh, with the Cluxtons and all them, they went down the same road. And unfortunately, anybody who takes the Cork team, there's a poison chalice because we're used to success in Cork. But we, we lose together, we win together. And the attitude of the players, nobody gets up on the Sunday morning of an All-Ireland final and goes up to say, look, you're going to get hammered, we'll go for the laugh. These guys tried. And the people that are coming on, texting, criticising the players and criticising the management, against Kilkenny, these guys were down in their luck again, down in their feet. Last puck of the game, Kilkenny came back and drew the game and Cork went out and gave an exhibition of hurling, much uh, to, to what Limerick did to Cork yesterday in the extra time. And these fellas, 13 of these young lads, and they're young lads, the young men, have never been in Crow Park in All-Ireland Final. Limerick were there last year, albeit with no crowd, so they knew what was up there. And the crowd... Would, would, would have been a nervous reaction rabbits and headlight syndrome Limerick are just an inc- they're like the Harlem Globetrotters of hurling they're an incredible incredible hurling team and his point about Jack Lynch and Christy Ring 
and 90-90 teams I've been following GA a long long time and back then all the, all the playing fields were level it was the same training for each team it was the same amount of effort these guys were going into day jobs and coming back I know nothing about that aspect of it forgive me but I'm being honest and open about it I, I thought it was amateur you, it was part time well, it, it is it's an amateur sport yeah, but where, where are you so getting you like are you saying that some of the Limerick team that's all they do train and play that's the anybody from Limerick that's honest about the hurling will tell you that they, they, they've, they've got uh, going around in cars they've got their being told don't worry about work you'll be fine and there's nothing wrong with that if somebody has the, has, has, has deep pockets but sadly in the Cork County Board we don't have that well they probably do but they're not going to put it in in, in, an, equal, in, in an equal way the under 20s and the minors three or four can private time, individuals then pump money into um, a county team um, I don't know. I don't know the answer to that. I'm not going to talk about the economics of the hurling. I'm talk- I-, I want to talk about the hurling game yesterday and the absolute class. Well, no, it's you, well you, you brought it up. I'm just curious. Cause I, I know what you're saying. I know what you're saying. But that's, 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 that's what's going about the place. In Dublin, we're the same. Like, if you look at, at the, 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 the funding that's gone into the Dublin team and the National Excellence Centre, we down in Cork had an opportunity that it was blown out of the window. These lads last year... And the year before, we're looking for gyms to go to so they could train and get... get but is there any room for analysis after a match or some kind of criticism, objective criticism going forward, like where men, where men were not being marked or balls were constantly being dropped? Absolutely. But you, you look at it. They, these guys, 26, 25, 23, 24-year-olds, were getting hit by men who were twice their size for 70 minutes in a cauldron of 40,000 Yeah, people. I know what you're that saying. That would not yeah. anybody. Yeah. Yeah. That wouldn't have anybody. And like, they're talking about poor service. They weren't allowed to give poor service. Patrick Horgan's got 12 points yesterday. He's not going to get any more if, he, if, if the opposing team did their job and did their homework. And that's exactly what they did. A lot of wides, As though, wasn't there? There was a lot of wides. K- 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 Limerick had 15 wides, thank God. You know, yeah. uh, it's, a, it's, a game, it's a game of two teams. Limerick had 15 wides. If they'd got the 15 wides, we'd been talking about a complete massacre. And as far as criticism, criticism of the management's concerned, Jesus, The Rock, when he did that infamous or that famous shoulder of a guy and blew the ball over, was a hero in Cork. He can't go from hero to zero because a really, really good Limerick team gave Cork a hurling lesson. And I'm sure Christy Ring and Jack Lynch, Teddy McCarthy, Jimmy Barry Murphy, Jared McCarthy, any of them, they would put their hands up and say, listen, lads, these guys handed out a lesson. And if somebody got on the phone to Brian Cody this morning, he wouldn't like his Kilkenny team to have placed, faced those guys either yesterday. Vincent says the worst performance by a Cork team in 100 years. I wouldn't think it was the worst performance in a hundred years. There's been a lot worse. Okay, well, hold, well, hold on there. Hang on, let, on television. Okay, well, hold on there. Liz. Hi, Neil. Uh, I think I still have Vincent, incidentally, if you wanted to address him oh. yourself. Yeah, yeah, go no. ahead. Uh, Hello? Ne- Hello? Neil, yeah. I'll, I'll tell you. I was, Hello? I'm yeah, so yeah, yeah, hang on, Vincent. Yeah, I'm thank so you. I'm so disappointed listening to Vincent this morning. As a Quark supporter who was in Crow Park yesterday... I'm just gutted to think that the Cork people are turning on the men who went out for our county yesterday and gave their all. Unfortunately, they were against a better Limerick team who have been together for a lot longer than the Cork hurlers that we had yesterday. I'm just so disappointed in Vincent for saying what he said about the Cork team. How dare he talk about them not not giving stuff to people when... If you ring up Patrick Horgan, if you ring up any other team... Well, that's my only experience of uh, a Cork player. When Patrick Horgan was asked to do that to the lad up in Tipperary, he came out to the radio station on his own time with a signed birthday card to him. Fabulous thing and, and a and signed slip. you know, my husband has asked people 
to come out to junior clubs and present medals to kids. I remember one Friday night, it was a late Friday evening at 8 o'clock, my husband got asked Jimmy Barry Murphy on his own time to go out and present medals, which he did. So, I mean, we here we are them for no reason. Ah, well, I mean, I wouldn't say everybody. That's not the... I mean, there was criticism earlier on this morning that what are they doing on on the Grand Parade taking selfies? Yeah, go on. Can I? Yeah, fair play. Go on, Vincent. Now, what I'm talking about is about six times the ball went down high into the cork forwards. And six times they never even caught the ball. A A big feeling in cork is all forwards can't win their own ball. Or defend oh, as I said earlier. Yeah, okay, hang on a second there because Finn has asked you a couple of times there, were you actually at the match? No, because I couldn't get a ticket. You thought you, okay, so, no. so okay. I, I, okay. Yeah, it's called the opinion line for a reason. Hang on, all right, hang on. It's called the opinion line for a reason. Patrick Harvin's a great player. Two weeks ago. He can't win his own ball. One-on-one with a defender. Yeah, but Patrick Horgan... Was the championship's top scorer? Okay. Yeah, but Neil, 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 Neil. I'm talking about winning your own ball. Okay, one on one. Okay, hold on, hold on a second, because no point shouting over each other. Finn, were, Finn, before you respond, were you at the match? No, I wasn't at the match. Okay, so both are watching on television. It. Yeah, I watched it on television and um, roll back two weeks ago, Cork and Kilkenny. And much the same ball was going into the cock forwards, and they absolutely tore Kilkenny to shreds. The difference Kilkenny are useless. Kilkenny, no, hang on a second. Kilkenny, Kilkenny are useless. Point. Yes, they you have your point. You have your point. Listen, I have four different yeah. people. I have four different people on air now at the one time. So okay. let's see if okay. we can, can just. Can I just, okay. can I just make this point yeah. because because to be honest with you, um, Kilkenny had ha, had six backs as well. The Limerick backs have been playing club hurling. They've been playing. Under 20, junior, they've been playing minor hurling since they've been growing up and they know each other's play. Cork have slight forwards. We don't have a big man to aim at. We have small guys. And these guys did their homework, which was block out the ball and if they drop the ball, we have it. And they were getting hit really hard by these monsters of men. And, and is that why the ball the was being dropped a lot? Is because the sheer you size of the Limerick players. players. Yeah. And you, you listen yeah. back to the commentary yeah. match and the commentator actually yeah. says, the Cork goalkeeper is having terrible time hitting the ball out because he's looking at mountains of men because these guys are big yeah. lads and they're can getting hit in for there? 70 minutes. You can come in in a second because of Damien as well, who's a Limerick man. Damien? Yeah, there is an issue of strength and conditioning. Okay, hold on a second, hold on a second. Damien, yeah. go ahead. Greetings, guys. I'm, I'm calling you from a very happy hotel in Dublin. Good morning, all. Morning, all, and congratulations to Limerick. Yeah. Thanks very much. I just wanted to make a comment there to defend my county men. Um, uh, around this professionalism attitude. Listen, it's nothing new, by the way. You know, there's plenty of former Cork captains, so handy jobs in the bank, etc., etc. All right. Oh no, I'm not, not saying. I'm not. I'm not. No, no, hang on, I'm guys. You trained to the highest of your of your physical capacity. Okay, I'm introduced to you because you're the best calling team that I've seen. Well, I got the impression the private money was being thrown at the team. You were saying, and that they didn't have to worry. In case we have JP sponsoring us since 2000 and. Four or something, we'd have twenty all Irons if that was the case. No, I, I mean it's not. It's not I mean, if that's the way you're doing it, I just, I'm just amazed. No, what he said was, and worse to the effect, I think Finn said that the Limerick players were told, "Don't worry about your jobs," and that implies that what they're being funded, is it? Well, look, we have students and we have teachers who are lucky enough to have the summer off. One of our our first substitute works in Cork and drives down for training every... He's an engineer, okay? Our full forward... Our, our, Seamus Flanagan is a radiographer. 
All right. Sean Fain works for PwC. Tom Morrissey and Dan Morrissey are accountants. That's not an easy job to get through on a week-in, week-out basis. All right. Uh, a couple of others are in recruitment. There's plenty there. They're not professional athletes to, to the degree of where some Kerry footballers and indeed Dublin footballers were. But they're just... Okay, but what I'm, what I'm saying here is... They're making hay while the sun is shining. I made this clear that they, they, at the start of the conversation that... McManus has been bankrolling the team, and that's fine. Fair dues to him, and fair dues to Limerick. But, but, but the fruition, the fruition of all the hard work that comes from the funding that they're getting, we don't have that. But does that make you bitter then? You sound bitter then. Not at all, because not at all, because to achieve the best, you have to work with the best. And sadly, not sadly, but like I'm very proud of the Cork Curlers. And I'd be very proud of the Cork Curlers that they got beaten by 50 points yesterday because they are the, they are the best that we have in Cork and they're, being, they're working with the conditions that the, the Cork Curlers no, have in Cork. That's not true. And why so isn't it true? Why, why isn't it true? They're a young team, young lads. That's not true because I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why. You said earlier you can't win your own ball. You mean to tell me we have no big men in Cork? I go it's back to the 80s thing. when we had basketball players. Uh, uh, I I thought of it last night Terry we've loads of big guys we need to look beyond we need to look beyond we never played hurling I know that he's saying that they're he's saying that they're not bigger men strength and conditioning strength and conditioning they have brought it to a new level in Limerick Strength and conditioning, and that's what I said to the old being, and you're the one that came on the radio. All right, lads, I did. All right, lads, all right, I did see. Actually, Damien, I was looking at uh, the 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 Limerick players before the start of the match yesterday, and and they're big. There's serious muscle going on there. But they weren't always big. But Neil, you might not remember. I was actually talking to you on Friday. They were being three to one. And you said you knew a fellow who backed him at 14 to 1. Yeah. They were 90 to 1 with 10 minutes to go yesterday. I hope you got a two bob on them then. <laughs> I, I would never bet against my own. No way. You will be back, but we'll take, we'll take as many as we can before that happens. Best of luck, lads. All right, lads. Okay, hang on there. I want to regroup. I'll hold some of you and let others go. Hold on there. Well done again, Damien. Congratulations to you all over in Limerick. This is the Neil Prenderville Show. Tweet the show at NeilRedFM. 104 to 106 Red FM. Okay, and you can pick up the phone on 1850-104-106. Interesting one here for you, Vincent. Um, what, da, da, da. Can you ask Vincent, your expert, please, what level of hurling he ever played at? No, but uh, Eugene McGee, Lord of Mercenham, never kicked a football. Jimmy never McGee, is it? Football. Jimmy McGee. Eugene McGee. And he Who's Eugene McGee? Perry for Eugene McGee is from Offaly. Okay, apologies. And he toppled Kerry for the five in a row. There's another point. You don't need to be a hurling person or a G or a football person to manage a team. No, but maybe you yeah, have to talk. Maybe you have to talk out. To maybe you have to talk out at some stage in your life and have a hurl in your hand no, to appreciate no, what no, they no, go no, through. No, you don't. You, Jimmy McGee, proved that, and there's many managers prove that. No, but, but I'm talking about us hurlers on the ditch. That's all we are. No, no. Analysis. It's not about hurlers on the ditch. You can't go personally criticizing somebody for, like, call a spade a spade. I'm calling a spade a spade. You know, the, the, the performance of the team was the, was the worst ever. And what I'm saying is we need, going forward, we need new thinking. We need new people. You know, Limerick, here's a text from Frank. It uh, says that Vince is behaving like a clown. Limerick were just sensational yesterday. Like no, that's, that's, a, that's a very, that's not a nice, that, that's not a nice thing to say. But on the issue of strength and conditioning, 
I'm saying Limerick and up are way ahead of us. You know, why is that? You know, why is such a big county and a big city are there not more people paying GA? Like Clash to Spread Name is a huge school near me. You know, they're playing get... rugby, they're playing soccer. Like maybe is is for young kids, is so... it not sexy to be playing gas? There's that issue about it. Do you think it, that they went out know? in the first round the way you're talking? It was the All Ireland hurling final. Well, they got to a final. Ask Don Lowe. Don Lowe Cusack. Don Lowe Cusack says one thing about Cork. We're into winning All Ireland. End of story. That's what we want in Cork. We're not partaking in a final. Okay, hold on, hold on there, Fiona. Can you hear me all right, Fiona? I can hear you, yes, Neil. Okay, go ahead. Okay, you watched it yesterday. Uh, first of all, I want to say to the Cork lads, well done. Well done, lads, and you've done your best, and you tried. You were up against a team that I actually think were very, very rough. rough. Uh, a lot of fouling, and they were overpowered, and basically the ball kept coming away from them due to three to four lads hammering. You very young lads here, and they're going to get there. They're making their way, and they've done this probably two weeks ago. And so this was about listen, size, physicality, strength, yeah. height, muscle. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, they're used to this and they don't give any bit of lead weight at all. And I think there's a lot, with their playing, they're very rough. They're very, um, they don't care. Like, they just keep going till they get, you know. And these lads, there's all an experience them. And look. They're out there, the amount of people watching, the pressure they're under. You must put yourself in those actions. But someday, someday, they will do it. They're making their way. And look, Limerick is a rough team. They've, they have done it. And we ought to be proud of them. Besides, on the radio this morning, you know, and they've done it two weeks ago. It all boils down to now. Um, you need more people now behind them. And we need more support. And given that, uh, they'll win it. They'll win it because they're young lads and they're fairly good and their playing is great. It's the other crowd are just like dogs. To me, they just, I don't know, they need to be taught the handling of a game because they're very, very, very rough. And these are big men, you know. Yeah, but rough rough within the rules, obviously. They're very rough within the rules and that's one thing about Limerick. Okay, they're good at the scoring, they're good at the... But it's no good, they're overpowering and, like, they come around one guy there and it's crazy, it's... They need to be taught the rules of the game more than the way they're playing it. Fouling is worse than, than winning, like, All right. you know, okay. to me. All right, thanks for that. Uh, Barry and Douglas says, let's take a step back. Limerick are awesome, akin to Kilkenny in their prime. Cork will learn from this defeat going forward, says Barry uh, in Douglas. Just a fast one here from David. David, good morning. Morning, I'll pull in Mike as well if you like. Go ahead. No, I was just um, saying to Brenda there. Um, I noticed there were 40,000 yesterday in Cork Park. And I would say there were probably 50% um, young people aged between, say, 5 and 17. Yeah. 18, right? No, don't get me wrong. No, I'm not saying they shouldn't be there. Of course they should be there. That's not what I'm saying. But my point is. You were, you were even saying that by the morning on the radio that tickets were a gold of. Cyril Kavanagh was on the echo by the night saying he hadn't got a ticket. I mean, that's one to cop matches from 40 years. Yeah. I know lots of friends of mine that are involved in the bars club and in the scatter club. And for love of money, they couldn't get a ticket. And are you, are you suggesting that a five-year-old or a seven-year-old or a 10 or a 12 or a 14 shouldn't be there? 
No, no, I didn't hear one of the other staff need. I said, I didn't say they shouldn't be there. I said they should be there. Uh, was it families of four with tickets yeah, or something? My, my my point is, how are they, if, if tickets are like gold dust, and certain people, friends of mine can't even get one, and, and thousands of people around Cork, West Cork and everywhere in Cork couldn't get one, how can a family of four or five get four or five tickets? I but, just want to see how do they get them. But how do you know that there was a family of four or five there? Well, they were looking at the television yesterday. You'll see them in the stand. They said, the camera went right up close to them. You'll see there were families there. You'll see, if, if, if I had a young for seven, a girl of six, a girl of nine, they're families. And their parents, that's four or five. That's five people, like. Yeah, but they could have come from one club. It could be... If I can't get one, how can they get five? Yeah, but you can't categorically say that there was a family of four or five there. They could have come from the same village... With one parent from one side, another parent from another, one kid from one and one kid from another, so that you don't know that. Yeah, but how? They're okay, right? Forget about that. But my, I like. How else do you get four or five tickets? When, 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 when there's men and women out every Saturday morning and Tuesday and Wednesday night in the winter, coaching players couldn't get one ticket. All right. Okay. Appreciate that. Thank you. Um, let me get back to criticism of the team, Nora. Can you hear me all right? I can. How are you, Neil? You go, go handy on the poor Cork team. They feel yeah. bad enough this morning, is it? We have been there from Limerick's perspective. You're a proud we Limerick woman. There. Okay, go ahead. Proud Limerick woman. Every time they went down, we got back up the following morning. We never belittled them. We just got back up. And do you think Vincent is belittling the team? Or just belittling them. They just go handy on them. They'll, they'll probably listen to you this morning at the breakfast table going... Jesus, we're actually going out there to try our best. You're all proud yesterday and you're knocking them this morning. Good point. We were, we were, well said. We'd be proud. We're all years, like I've been following Limerick since I was born in 81. And Limerick, I'm married to a cock man with half and half jerseys for the legs. The house is half cock, colours, legs. Takes, Vincent, it's taken a Limerick woman to defend the Cork team against you. And I am, and I'm yeah, defending the Cork flag. Well, well, I agree that they were amateur status. <laughs> and and but, but, you have to, you at times in work, in life, in business, in everything, you have to look and, and do a critical analysis. And where are we going to go forward with this Cork team? And I'm putting forward new thinking you want, saying, you want to sack every you want to sack everybody on the bench or no, sack, no, sack no, all the backroom team. Well, uh, after that defeat yesterday, as a manager, I'm not being personal, but as a management team, they've got to stand back and look at themselves and say, "This is what we did yesterday." All right, you know, okay. Like, you can't go further. on with this team. You know, yeah. you can't go on with this charade. We have a whole heap of young players coming up. And we need the best and most professional yeah. strength and conditioning psychologists, training I know, managers. We need the best. Yeah, the I think. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Straight at him this morning, like. Yeah, this you know, is, you're, you're yeah, bang on I understand. I understand that. Yeah. But I, I'm doing. What I'm, what I'm putting forward is. This a, is a time where forward. they should be allowed the space to lick yeah, their wounds. The yeah, but we, we have to have a space to comment on the match. All right. Okay. All right. Thanks, Vincent. As always, do appreciate your contribution. So, how did it go in the home yesterday, then, Nora, with the house split down the middle? Oh, it was great. The two boys, Jack and Age, were shouting cock. Annabelle stayed with me. 
Um, but um, we were shouting for Limerick, of course. But uh, I, we um, watched in Glenville pub, Blood Barry Kindies. So we had a table down there, so, and I was the only Limerick woman in the whole house. Oh, God, how did that feel? So I was brave. I thought I was a brave woman to be walking in there. <laughs> <laughs> but no, like, they, they the whole week penalised this for them. They the whole year, they the whole... Give him a chance. So. All right. Okay. The, Thanks for that. Cock will be back. All right. Cock congratulations to you, Nora. Well done. Thank you, Kieran. Good morning. Hi. How are you doing? Okay. I'll just blast through a few calls here. John standing by. Barry standing by. Go ahead, Kieran. Uh, yeah. I, 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 look, it was a fantastic game yesterday. It was a joy to watch Limerick. Fantastic team. Absolutely fantastic. Um, I just think that we're a young team. You know, we're learning all the time, and if you give players, you know, space. And time to score, they'll do it. And that's exactly what Limerick did yesterday. We didn't pick up the players, we didn't mark them, you know, and they scored for fun. And that's it. You know what I mean? But we learn from it, and that's my intake now to it. All right, okay? bye. fair play to you. Thanks for that. Lines open at 1 106. Barry, good morning. Neil, how are you? Well, I'm just looking at some. I'm just looking at some of the lads here and comparing them to the sizes of the Limerick guys. Uh, Vincent made the point about strength and conditioning and and gym yeah. work. M- maybe they have deeper pockets that they can fund more yeah. of this in Limerick. I don't know. What do you think? Uh, look, Neil. Uh, you know, as a guy who still came back home in Douglas, and I, I love that game. I'm, I'm playing since I'm 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 eight. I'm now going on forty eight. I still play in Hurling, Neil. The worst time, the worst time to to analyse a game is the morning after or straight after the game, right? And everyone jumps in the bandwagon. Everyone goes. I can see both. I can I can see both sides of the argument. Yeah, Cork Hurling is is at a, an unusual place. Our minors are twenty one. They won culturally in the Ireland finals, respectively. In fact, the twenties won the won last year's one again as well this year. So they won two in a row. Same year, which is quite quite unique. Hammering all around them, playing a brand of hurling that. Um, I believe is an issue. It's the brand of hurling we play. We have super talented hurlers, Neil. If they're given space and time on the ball, even I'm good given space and time on the ball. But you get up close with a guy, you stand within a hurley length. The, the mantra is if you're, if, you're, if, you're, if you're off a hurley length of your man, you're too far from your man, which is two and a half to three feet, mm-hmm. you know? And give me time and space, Neil, I'll put the ball over the bar for you. So I think our brand of hurling needs to be looked at. We, we don't, we never had the big. We have over the last ten years, we haven't had the big physical hurlers. The likes of the John Gardners, you know, the Timmy Max, the Niall Max, the John Browns, the Alan Browns, the Rock themselves. These lads, yeah, we've got. We seem to be going for the light, speedy fella, which is extraordinary. And against Kilkenny, Neil, it proved successful. But Limerick so, have our measure, and in fairness, they have everyone's measure. So are Limerick a bit like are Limerick a bit like the big scary Tyrone team when they appear? Do you remember oh, that? I sent you a text. So like they like Kilkenny and they're pumped. I think this Limerick team will do the five in a row. Right. You see, it's going to be tough enough on them anyway because if they open the sports supplement of the examiner today, yeah, Monday yeah. morning, they're going to see uh, an analysis of each of the player scored out of ten. And some of them, some of them, unfortunately, get five out of tens and yeah, six out of tens. Yeah, yeah, whereas, yeah. whereas the Limerick players are getting eights out of tens. Okay, yeah. there's some sevens, but by and large, it's eights not, and not nines out of ten. Yeah. So that's going yeah, to knock yeah. them for six when they see that. They it, open. it will. And look, Neil... The Cork County, the Cork hurling fan, the, the, the regular Cork man and woman out there throughout the world. We love our hurling, we love our football, we love our sport. We're the biggest sporting county in Ireland, fact. But we got to give them breathing space. As I said, the worst time to critically analyse anything is the morning after. Yeah. We're all open arms, we're all, you know, but I can see both sides. I think our brand of hurling, 
this we looked at. We invented the short passing back enough with, with, with Cusack and Donald O'Grady, you know, three and a four and a five and a six. But everything's taken now. On top of that physicality that Galway, Kilkenny, Tip and Limerick now have, and Limerick have brought it to another level. And I think I think this Limerick team will do four in a row, maybe five in a row. Right. Kilkenny didn't do it, Cork didn't do it. But serious out for the Limerick. The best of luck. My mum and dad are from West Limerick. Dale, it softens my blow. But I don't. I don't beat in Cork in all Ireland final. But get off these guys' backs. They know what they've done wrong, and they will learn massively from this defeat. All be the hammering, but they will learn from it, Neil. And just watch the tide. But I think we need to look at a brand of hurling. All right. Well, as uh, okay. Kieran Kingston said, thanks, Barry. Kieran Kingston said yesterday, no, it's like trying to stop stop the tide with a bucket. Back after the break, text 0868 104 106. Thanks, Kieran. Thanks, Barry. Call the Neil Prenderville Show now. 1850 104 106. Red FM. OK, i come back to the calls. John, Mike, Dennis and Jim are standing by. But anybody uh, at Mass yesterday when there was a reading from the Gospel, the second reading, Ephesians, um, where uh, wives were told that they should regard their husbands as they regard the Lord, since as Christ is head of the church and saves the whole body, so is a husband the head of his wife, uh, and wives should submit to their husband in everything. Um, now, that's only one paragraph from it. There's some other parts of it, actually, that are quite acceptable, where husbands should love their wives and wives should love their husbands, and that uh, a man must leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and the two will become one body. Uh, a lot of criticism over that uh, gospel yesterday, which was read out. The gospel is usually, is usually read out in all churches, the same gospel um, on Sunday morning. So it wasn't as if it was just one rogue church or one rogue priest. Uh, I got a lot of criticism actually last week when I, I was chatting with Father Tom Hayes about the lottery up in the North Cathedral, uh, saying that I'm constantly bashing at the Catholic Church and a text was saying, that is my church that you keep on insulting. I'm not insulting anybody in any way, shape or form, but I was just contacted last week about the lottery in the North Cathedral because we'd been talking about gambling. Now, a lot of people have also pushed back saying that why does why do radio stations and television accept so much gambling advertising if it's such a danger to people? And I will come back to those texts also. But um, And this is not deemed to be bashing the Catholic Church because those gospels, gospels were written 1,500, 2,000 years ago. Of course, the world has changed. And you know, I wonder if anybody, and we've got a lot of texts on it, feel that you know, there shouldn't be Gospels read at Mass where it says that the husband is the head of his wife and that wives should submit to their husbands in everything. I mean, that's a fairly heavy-hitting statement. Anyway, text 0868-104-106. Back to the phone lines we go, though. Jim, good morning. Morning. And thanks to everybody you? else standing by. Uh, thanks for that, because you have some very interesting analysis as to how the game has changed. Um, because you talk about a thing called a mall which I would have always associated with rugby. Anyway, talk to me about that. Yeah, well, it was just uh, prior to the game yesterday. Um, the panel were on about Limerick playing on the age. Oh, first of all, congratulations. They were a way better team, no doubt. <laughs> but um, over the last couple of months, it's been discussed, and uh, and it was kind of let go again yesterday, that Limerick have introduced the mall, which is where two to three players will surround the player with the ball and basically block him. Drag the hand where, where, with the player with, with the, the hand where the ball is in uh, the, the player with the ball in his hand, preventing him from moving. That is a foul. You can't block and surround the player and drag his spare his hand, the hand that he's carrying the ball with. And is this that, a new thing that's, that's been foul. introduced by a Limerick backroom team as being part of their play now? Two or three well, players surround the player with the ball, blocking, pulling, dragging with their spare hand, kind of thing. And and then our player then is going to be pulled up. Uh, for over carrying, it's absolutely free. There's only as the top referee said there a couple of months ago, 
there's only two tackles allowed, or well, a fair shoulder, the block and the hook. And it prevents our, court, our, our team then from running game. It just blocks them up. No fair play, they're getting away with it. And Why are they getting away with it, though? Why are they getting because away Because the referees are told to leave the game slow. And it's been discussed all through the National League in the early rounds of the Championship as well. You and know? because they're bigger people, bigger players, they can do this very effectively. I mean, Worry, they're, harass. They're a huge team. You can't get rid of when they're surround. You can't surround the fellow three or four fellas and use their spare hand just blocking them and dragging them and dragging them. That's, it, it, it went on wholesale yesterday. But that's why there was the so much ball dropping, before. is it? Exactly. Sure, the court player would have to drop the ball because he'd be pulled up for overcarrying. And the, the tournament tackle is another rule that seems to be forgotten about. Um, a court player and a limerick player will, will contest the ball and a court player will come in and take out the court player. And that, that's a free. It, it's a tournament tackle. And he's, he's obstructing him, like, you know. So, I mean, I mean, they're getting away with it. That's why Henry Shefflin and, and the panel suggested it. They are playing on the edge, like, and they know they're playing on the edge. Well, and, bless them, they're getting away. <laughs> they're getting there. Well, sure, as long as you'll get away with playing on the edge and winning, you're just going to continue to do that. Yeah, and, you know, Cork adapt to that and be more physical and, and take, take, take that role on themselves, you know, because the running game won't get, will not be allowed. When this mall is allowed to develop. Yeah, okay. Yeah, that's, okay. That's, that's, that's interesting. Yeah, it, no, like, you know? Thank you. Appreciate it. Thank you, Jim. Dennis, good morning. Good morning. Okay, this, uh, you're re- referencing what Vincent had to say, is it earlier? I am, yeah. I'm listening to the abuse that he said about the court team and the players. I mean, they gave the best, but it wasn't good enough. They limited that of a player that came Lynch to us and the Have you a radio on there, I wonder, Dennis? in the kitchen. Yeah, just, just pop in there and turn that off and I'll come back to you in a second, will you? Because it leads to feedback and I can chat with you then in a couple of seconds' time as soon as you get that one sorted. Uh, we've got Mike standing by and John. But I think I'll, yeah, I'll talk to Mike actually and come back to him when the line is fixed. Mike, morning. Hi, good morning, Neil. Okay, hugely disappointed, much better team. Um, but, what's the but? Yeah, well, like, we should be fortunate. We have the guys like Kieran Kingston and Sully and these guys take up the mantle. But there was a time when nobody wanted to take on the cop job. It was a poison chalice because every, every year we expect to win the All-Ireland. So no, we should be probably grateful these guys, you know, come step up to the plate, taking on the role. I wasn't aware of that. I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, be, I wouldn't have the greatest knowledge of the game, to be honest with yeah. you. I admit but to that. that You're saying there was a time when nobody wanted to be the Cork hurling manager? Yes, yes, yes. Because, okay. you know, we were at the very low weight for a couple of years there. And... Uh, you know, it took a bit of time to get somebody to take on the job. That's you know, it is a tough job, and you know, there's a lot of pressure on these guys. Cock is a huge. We're just by nature, we're so demanding. Uh, you can see the the outcome during the week. You know, the response from Cock being the final. Everybody got behind them. Uh, but yeah, like, a lot. We, well, we, I mean, yeah, I mean, there was criticism of that last week that you, there wasn't a whole lot of Cork colour, certainly not in the city, anyway. You know, well, I mean, you know, speak to the county, fantastic. And then uh, come, and county. then I was going through McCroom. Uh, yesterday yes. morning. Oh my God Almighty, it was yes. a sea of red. I think another village would have been massive. In fairness, they really did a very good job as well. So a lot of towns and villages. Though, all, you, all you see in Cork, I saw the video footage this morning um, of Washington Street. Mother of God, the yes. litter. Oh my God, never seen yeah, so yeah, much yeah, junk yeah. on the road. Yeah. 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 But, yeah but basically, going back to Limerick, Limerick have, but basically Limerick have is a, is a rugby team, really, but holidays, that's what they are. <laughs> They're massive guys, <laughs> and play to their strength. And this is how they play the game. They play the game to their strengths, which may not be most attractive to watch at times. But listen, they're the All Ireland champions. You can't take that from them. They're Rug- the best team. Yeah. Rugby players <laughs> with hurleys. I'll remember that one. <laughs> yeah, 
Like we have, like I'm not going to mention name, but we probably have about four or five guys on our team who are not really up the top level in the county hauling. We probably have ten, maybe eleven guys who are, and that was a difference just really in a, in a, in a big scale. Uh, but look, we got to be positive. We won the minor. We won the twenties. There's a lot of good lads coming. We need to stick with them and. You know, cock days will come. I no doubt in the next couple of years we'll be doing Thank you for that. That's why I'm going to play out with Meatloaf. Two out of three ain't bad. Uh, anyway, let me go back to that, see if the line's any better. Uh, line one. Dennis, sorry, is that any better? Yeah, yeah, that's good. Okay, yeah. all right. Stop criticizing the team. They feel bad. Well, to those that have yeah. been, I, I don't include myself amongst them, but they feel bad enough as it is. I think they do. I think they are too, you know. Thank you. Limerick had a player there, Shane Lynch, centre forward. He's some player. He, he scored six points from player. Two four, he assisted. The assist that he gave, they got two four out of it. I mean, he's something else. And they have some great players. They go on this Christmas about cock, about the physique and everything. They're young, they're young and they're coming. And we have players coming through. And we listened to that abuse there, you know, that Vincent was talking about the talk team. I mean, like, they're, they're young. Well, he says we should be honest and open and that we should be able oh. to criticise or dissect a performance. Um, yeah, but like... I, I don't know. I don't know about the JP McManus input into the Limerick team. I, I do see photographs of him running out onto the pitch yesterday to yeah, congratulate yeah, the team. But he's a sponsor, yeah, I suppose. Yeah, you're hearing all those rumours. But I suppose he takes him out today. He's hotel open the Caribbean, is it? And he can move the table. Why not? Will it's that happen? Will they go to Sandy Lane now or somewhere? Well, yeah, he took him out before. He'll do it again. So why not? You know, if you have the money. What's the problem? We got Flatley down from Oiway. Like, why isn't he involved? Taking yeah, and he got a pad out in Barbados or the Caribbean or yeah. something. Yeah, maybe he might step in and help out. Someone like okay. that. You know? But, like, you know, I think there's too much criticism of the young players today. I think it's wrong. All know? right, bye. All right. Yeah, Appreciate that. that. Okay, okay, thanks for that. Text 0868104106. But what of the numbers then? 40,000 there. Uh, you see, one of the issues with regards to say 40,000 at Croke Park is one thing. But then you have all of the people who are also in Dublin or around Dublin or celebrating in Dublin after the match. And I've seen video footage of all of that. That's why there was those that were worried that it could well be a super, super spreader. You see the parting afterwards on the streets a lot of the time with alcohol and to an extent also in Cork when you see the, um, the amount of rubbish and litter say on Washington Street early this morning some video footage so there clearly was a lot of partying going on people up close and personal hugging and doing whatever um, that's an issue really for musicians when they see this or people involved in drama or the arts or th- other things like that and they're looking at 40,000 and all of the partying and they can't go to work anyway John good morning morning Neil uh, did you want to pick up on that I did I, I, I find it outrageous that uh, we have a cabal that's telling the government what to do. We had the, the, the Minister for the Arts and the Culture, was the Catherine Martin, was told bugger off last week. And in fairness to her, it. Catherine Martin, she was all for reopening entertainment and live events. She had a plan yeah. together and everything. And then yeah. she got uh, she got sidelined. She got the bums rose. She was told bugger off. She couldn't go to the meeting. Yeah. So we we now have elective representatives. No, I don't know whether people follow Catherine Martin or they're all fair with her party or whatever she's doing, you know, but she is an elected representative uh, and she was going to the meeting for a particular reason to represent the people. But she, we have people who are unelected who torture you're not going and that's it and go away. 
Well, she so should have been at the meeting. She should have been at the meeting by virtue of the fact that they were going to be discussing her brief, her portfolio, uh, arts, abs- entertainment. Abs- abs- absolutely. So if, if, if you have people who are unelected by anybody who can dictate to electors, uh, uh, TDs, uh, who's running the country? Michal Martin is running the country. And it's uh, quite interesting yeah, yeah, yeah. to see, see him you at Croke believe, Park yesterday. You don't believe that for a minute, yeah? Uh, well, I think that maybe he... Would you think that he's afraid of Neffet? I mean, what, what's what's his problem? At, at this stage, you couldn't trust him to run a bat. Never mind the country. There's nobody taking any notice of Michal Martin in any shape or form. Maybe within Fianna Fáil, but listen, they're going to get rid of him as quickly as possible as well, you know, so... Jeez, we're really hammering Corkonians this morning, or at least, well... Oh, well, well, well let, me, let me put it like this, like, he's not doing the job that he's in there for. There's stuff went on within the government, there was leaks, uh, meetings, parties, that all of a sudden he said he knew nothing about. Let me put it like this, like, if I was running the country, I'd know the next time you change your jocks. I'd have my people on top of it. Yeah, yeah. He's, yeah. he's too, he, too blasé altogether with, what, with, with what's going on. The other guy is rolling rings around him. But listen, to get back to the, 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 the problem that we have, uh, if we can have 40,000 in Croke Park, which I'm delighted, I'm, I'm sorry, 20,000, why can't we have crowds at a soccer match or at a rugby game? Or a gig, an we outdoor lost, gig. We, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, what, what's going on? Like technically, technically, there shouldn't be a problem with twenty people down the park, for instance, at um, at a gig, for instance. You know, um, of course not. Or even of maybe, not. what's the but capacity? What's the croak capacity of Parky Cueve? I don't know about Parky Cueve, but you know, the is it forty thousand? Is it more? Ah, oh, it would be, yeah, yeah, it would. But Croke Park could hold up to about seventy-six or seventy-eight thousand people, and they should have been all allowed to go to the game. There should have been none of this. It looked, it looked, it looked a lot more than it looked a lot more than half full to me. Yeah, well, it's, we don't know for sure because we weren't there. But you have forty-five thousand <laughs> capacity. Thanks, Emma. Forty-five thousand capacity of Parky Cueve. Why couldn't you have a yeah. gig of twenty thousand people there now? Like, why? Why not? Well, that would be a question above my peer grade or yours because you couldn't get an answer because the woman that's supposed to be in charge of it, who's trying to organise it, she was told bugger off. So we are, we are the, Do you prefer to see me, Hall Martin, taking 100% control and kicking ass? Is it like the Charlie Hawhey days? Absolutely. There's no government in this There's no government in this country. We've no opposition. The opposition at the moment in this country are the people. And we are being stifled on, on, on social media every time we bring up something that's factual. It's been closed down. No, I don't know if it's been done uh, by the government or with the goodwill of the government. But it's very hard to get uh, the stuff out there. What was that? Christy Moore has a new song out. Did anybody watch the Christy Moore RTE documentary that is very strong? In fairness, sometimes when they do it, they do it right. They travelled with him around to different gigs. And at one of the gigs, he did a song that he's recently recorded. I can't remember what the song was called. But it's like as if we're all suffering from amnesia, you know? I can't remember the title of the song, but that's what it's about. That we have allowed ourselves to be fooled and mugged by politicians and the civil service and yeah. successive governments and we keep going back for more I must dig out That's that right. song I was watching it last night it was a powerful song 
Well, well, just like this now. You now people might be able to understand why uh, successive governments pour so so much money in, into uh, into Montrose above because there's only a propaganda station. No, no, I'm talking about a documentary they did very well in oh, their defence. Oh, well, well, one of the few because maybe Christie had a had a, an essay in his house was being edited. But oh, you know, he's a, he's a we, superstar, Christie Moore. It's unbelievable. We've a guy above in Dublin head of programming, Simon Coveney's brother in RTE. So what's wrong with that? Like the manager deserves oh, to have yeah. a job. Oh yeah, oh, he does. He's, he's, on his merit. No, don't even go there because uh, we're we're doing a lot of finger pointing this morning. I'm going to leave you. I'm going to leave you on this story actually by comparing, say, the present politicians. And I know that Charlie Haw he came with his baggage, and we all come with the baggage. I was talking to one of the ferry boatmen down in Port McGee on Saturday night. We were just chatting, and he was telling me a story of how years and years ago, when they were trying to get. Um, the ferry's up and running, right, out to Skelligs. He says that the, the civil service um, departments, these nameless guys in suits, um, put a limit of three miles that they couldn't go further than three miles from shore, right? Um, mm-hmm. And Skelligs are eight miles offshore. So it would have absolutely yeah. decimated their industry. They would have all been out of work, right? Uh, yeah. And despite of all of the back and forth and back and forth and back and forth, the um, civil servants would not budge. It's three miles or nothing, right? Yeah. So yeah. 15 of them got into a ferry boat and they ferried over to Dingle. You know who hangs out, who hung out in Dingle, don't you? Yeah. Charlie, yeah. Charlie that's Hawley. Right. Right? That's, that's correct, yeah. So they managed to meet him in Dingle. Imagine he was having his lunch or something. Hawley met them, all 15 of them. They made their case to Hawley on the day, right? And Hawley said, where's the effect of... Leave that with me. I'll get it yeah. sorted. I'll knock a he few did. heads together for you. Actually, I sounded and a bit did. like a cross between him and Bertie Hearn there. My apologies. He went back up to Dublin anyway, knocked heads together. Within a matter of weeks, he wrote to every single one of the 15 ferry boat men by name, right? Telling yeah. them that it had been sorted. There'd be no more of this three-mile nonsense. And if they wanted yeah. to go out to Skelligs or further, that they would be permitted. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. What does it? Well, let, let me put it in context. If they had went to me all, he would have probably hit the boards. I'm I'm just just giving you an example of the maybe the kind of T-shirt that you want to see somebody who knocks heads together. Is it? I, I want to see somebody running the country, and, and and I want policy across the board. There's no point in telling me that I can walk down one side of the street and you can't walk down that side of the street. But I I don't know as a T-shirt should he even have been at Croke Park. Oh, I've no problem. Listen, no, but I mean, take the optics of it, like. Oh no, I've no problem with him going to Croke okay, Park. Okay, okay. Every, every, everybody else should have been allowed to go to Croke Park. Or everybody else should now be allowed to go to a gig, or a musician should be allowed to go to yeah, work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, yeah, yeah. And, and the thing, and the thing about it is, like, if if you have a, a people in suits that are unelected, can can dictate to a member of the government that she's not entitled to go to a meeting. We have a serious problem, then, don't we? Yeah, I think so. I did think that last week. Actually, I said, "Mother of God, this is just getting a bit. This is getting just more, even more bizarre than it already yeah. is." That the arts yeah, minister yeah. couldn't go to the meeting, but they were going to be discussing her. Our portfolio. But in fairness, there's very few uh, stations uh, uh, outside of your own and another one uh, uh, out of Dublin 
who are uh, hitting any of the bases. Well, do stay in touch. Uh, I always love chatting with you. Do stay in touch, John. Cheers as always. Take care. Back after Thank 11 and one 106 I'm Lana O'Connor. Red FM News is first for local, national and international news. And you can stay up to date by tuning into our hourly news bulletins or by clicking on redfm.ie. You're listening to the Emerald Award-winning Music Station of the Year, Cork's Red FM. And you can text 0868104106 and people are in their droves this morning. Neil, I see all the restrictions are now over. That one slipped by me. When did that happen? I'm delighted. I've said for a long time we need to live with the restrictions. I only realised it was back to free living when I watched the All-Ireland final yesterday. My wife said it was just for the All-Ireland that the restrictions were being lifted. And I said, ah, woman, no GAA-loving Nemo-supporting Taoiseach would be that biased because it would be opening the door for class actions from the music industry or the church, says Joan Blackrock. I love your style of wit. Um, class actions from the uh, music industry. They feel really, really angry at the numbers of Croke, at Croke Park yesterday. Another one here. He is right. There's no opposition in Ireland. Sinn Féin are saying nothing just so they'll sweep into power the next time. Sitting on their hands, do nothing. It's there for the taking at the next general election. Text 0868104106. I was just doing a bit of research this morning and I can't get an accurate figure. I was reading the journal this morning. They said that live entertainment industry generates 1.7 billion euro a year and creates, they're saying something in the region of 11,000 jobs. I think it could be twice, perhaps three times that. And all of the different ancillary industries, you could bring it up to 50,000, 60,000, 70, maybe even 100,000. And I think you could add to the 1.7 billion. But yet they, a bit like Sinn Féin, are just sitting on their hands and have been now uh, for 18 months. And we're the only country, actually, that is still has any kind of restrictions anywhere as draconian as ours, with 90% of the people vaccinated. Justin Green is the event promoter and member of the Events Industry Alliance. Uh, no Justin well, I haven't spoken to him in a long time, but we soldiered together for many years back in the past, so it's good to chat with him again. Justin, good morning. Good morning, Neil. How are you? Good, thanks. So, how, say for instance, the 40,000 that we saw at Croke Park yesterday, how does that make you feel? Well, to be honest with you, we were delighted to see 40,000. We're a big supporter of everyone in the uh, event industry alliance that I would be part of as a group, which represents numerous uh, organizations across the actual entertainment and event industry. We're delighted to see it. I mean, uh, we're all big GA supporters. Um, you know, I have a very good, strong links with the GAA. And as you know, Yourself, Neil, down through the years, uh, we would do shows in Parky, Cueve, yep. Crow Park, yep. Nolan Park, uh, Pierce Stadium. So the GA plays an intricate part of the live entertainment industry and sector. So for us watching it, it was brilliant. Um, obviously, um, you know, uh, some, of, some of us were, uh, well, most of us, I have to say most of us were all disappointed to see Cork lose, but fair play, they put but- on a great show and I mean Limerick were brilliant on the day. But to give it some context for Cork people listening, you were behind through MCD and what have you uh, Oasis playing a couple of gigs on, on Leaside down Parky Cueve, just to put things in context, that was a couple yeah, of Yeah, yeah, that there. would have been back in 1996 uh, I think off the top of my head it yeah. was and uh, they did uh, two shows there in uh, Parky Cueve phenomenal shows and it, it brought a great boost to the local economy that these events do 
Um, we we are still in holding pattern for the Westlife shows that are coming down to you yeah. at yeah. next year. Uh, we've rescheduled them now twice. Um, and, you, you know, we're basically, as we refer to, in the deep freeze. The whole industry has been in the deep freeze for the last nearly 18 months. And when you consider that the actual, I heard you mention about the figures, the actual figure for the industry is uh, 3.5 billion oh, euro. Yeah. Oh, my God almighty, uh, the numbers are all wrong, yeah. Yeah, there's 35,000 workers. Now, the figures that... Um, the, uh, that you referred to, I think the journal might have given was just directly just music. But as you know, uh, our sector covers arts, theatre, comedy, exhibitions, um, you know, and the wider events. And I suppose what it is, is, is like, you know, looking at, uh, you know, the Taoiseach Michal Martin at the, at the game yesterday, um, whereby he has turned down proposals from our sector to allow fully vaccinated people attend events where they have to show um, their certificate or proof and proof of vaccination, where they'd have a temperature check, and where we'd also uh, advance registration for um, uh, HSE uh, contact tracing. How many people? Offered, how many people did you? All that, but how you many know? people did you pitch at this gig? And you're talking outdoor or indoor? Sorry, that's for all events. We're talking about indoor and outdoor events. We're yeah. talking about all events. We're looking for all events to return from the 1st of September uh, with full capacity. And what we're actually going to do is go even further than what Crow Park did because Crow Park yesterday, I mean, there was there was zero tracing required. There was zero proof of vaccination required and there was zero contact tracing. Bizarre. We're actually currently being refused where we're saying we will do contact tracing. We will do... Uh, full vaccination and we will do provide con- uh, full contact tracing by the HSE and that's even to allow 51 people attend an indoor show in a theatre you know that can hold a thousand people yeah, I know. we can't even do that at this moment in time because the, I yeah. think the everyman were saying last week words to the effect mm-hmm. that if this doesn't change quick they're finished yeah well a lot of people um, are actually leaving the sector as you probably saw there's been a lot of uh, photographs and coverage about all the events in uh, Northern Ireland. There was, you know, numerous events. Like we have uh, Dermot Kennedy, who's seen 20,000 people in uh, Belfast in two weeks' time. Liam Gallagher's playing to 20,000. You've got Codeline played last Friday to 5,000 people in Custom House Square. Forgive me, Justin, um, those three gigs, are they indoors or outdoors? They're, they're, they're actually outdoor outdoors those shows, but still what you do is is that you have proof of vaccination um, or else a negative um, test. What, now, what we're saying in the, in the Republic of Ireland, we're not even going to accept a negative test. We're saying you must be fully vaccinated. So we're taking it a stage higher than, you know, international travel requirement or, you know, for indoor catering or for restaurants. So we're yeah. actually taking it to a higher level, yeah. but yet we're still being refused. Which is why this morning we've actually called on uh, Michal Martin, who failed to attend uh, a meeting with the sector last week. Uh, um, while Catherine Martin did attend, uh, she had invited and asked for Michal Martin, uh, Leo Bradka, and uh, Stephen Donnelly to attend, but all of them were unavailable and didn't turn up. That's a now, terrible snub to an entire in- industry, isn't it? 
It is indeed, which is why this morning we've actually called on uh, Taoiseach Micheál Martin uh, to consider his position. Because, you know, it's clearly untenable in light of, you know, what's happened yesterday, where he attends an event with zero testing, zero proof vaccination, zero tracing, and yet he keeps a whole sector closed. Total discrimination against our sector. And there's no justification for it, because we've had the reports on Friday, the UK government issued their uh, event um, reports for live events that they carried out, um, and it showed that there was uh, it showed that once you used precautions and you did them, and there were and there were, you know all the once that all the you know the measurements were in place yeah. that you could actually carry out events safely. You've had events in New York, like Bruce Springsteen has been playing in uh, Broadway. Uh, since the 26th of June um, indoors and you show your vaccination cert yeah. uh, to to enter. Um, you know, you've had the Foo Fighters indoors. You've had the UK is all reopened. We're doing uh, lots of shows over there. Um, and I mean, on Friday, you know, people were saying about the demand for show. The ironic thing is, is that, you know, the band, the Coronas, put their Ulster Hall date in Belfast on sale on Friday. It sold out within 30 minutes, 2,000 tickets of which nearly 70% of the people were coming from the Republic of Ireland to travel to their show. And there's no checks between going across border. And COVID, as I say, they keep telling us we must live with COVID and we must learn to deal with it. Well, what was the point of getting the vaccination, you know, if we don't get a bounce? What's the point of having 90% of the population yeah. vaccinated if yes. we don't and move on? And our key thing is, is that... You know, we understand if there was scientific evidence to come out that actually says, no, this is actually causing a problem and our sector is a threat. But there has been, nobody has produced that. Well, not only you're looking at an average daily of about 1,800 a day now for the last week. You're looking at uh, 360 yeah. in hospital, 54 in ICU. Yeah, I know. And to be honest with you, the event sector has been closed. So we haven't contributed to that. But, but would you, if you were open? I mean, I know they would. I know that they would say that Croke Park yesterday was a one-off. It won't be repeated. Yeah, but well, I mean, that's not necessarily true because it's the same thing that's happening for the uh, All Ireland Football Final well, uh, and the and the other shows that are, and the other events. Uh, and last week, actually, last Tuesday. Uh, the government uh, in, uh, allowed another four, 40 uh, sporting events uh, endorsed them to go ahead with increased numbers um, while the, our sector still fully remains yeah. closed. Would you, what would, you've got to remember is is that they're just what you've got to remember is that to date there has been over 50 um, events, uh, pilot events have been held by the government and by our association with the government. And not one of them has shown any increase or spike in COVID numbers, nor have they come out with that figure. And that includes the Ivy Gardens, uh, the uh, James Vince McMorrow show in the Ivy Gardens. It also includes the 3,500 people that attended uh, Gavin James in the Comanum in, uh, in, in Dublin mm. also. So mm. there's no evidence to back all this up. And they're just making it up as they go along. And I think people are saying, scratch like, it's not just us, the music industry or the events industry. Everyone is now saying, what the hell are they doing? 
Are you saying that even people overseas are wondering what are they doing with entertainment I mean, or music and art? Honest with you, it's an embarrassment overseas. We're now being embarrassed as a country because you know we're now being left off our global touring maps. Artists are now wondering, you know, they're not putting Ireland on the schedule because they can't actually because of the uncertainty. So it's essential that you know that this government, uh, you know, you know, provide meaningful and engagement and reopen the sector right away. Like a lot of the time in the past... They can't, even get, get, can't even get a seat at, the, at a COVID group that discusses the she sector. She wasn't allowed to go to the meeting. Would, yeah. I mean, would, would, uh, I don't know, did you ever pitch that the gigs would be, because they say that alcohol really is the, is the spreader of COVID a lot of the time at big events. Would there be, did you ever pitch that there could be alcohol-free gigs? Uh, to be honest with you, our sector is uh, a lot of actually the sector you know, it uh, depends on food and beverages yeah. and the facilities being available because it subsidizes the ticket price. So, for example, you know, the uh, the drinks that are sold in a theater, you know, to a theater crowd, you know, at the end of the day, that's income. And, you know, just to reiterate, we're a sector that does not get uh, public uh, funding. So, you know, we've never had to ask for anything. We're a commercial sector. And we don't want the public's money. And what's happening with those events that you're seeing at the moment on a limited scale, as you were describing, they're all publicly funded. And some of them are actually going so far as costing, if you were to buy a ticket, are costing in the region of 700 euro for that event to take place. Because the cor- are you referring to the Cork ones that, were, that are being put on? Well, I'm just referring to the events that are actually, that uh, a large number of events that are actually happening as part of the government supports. You know, that financially, they're not viable. Oh, I know what you mean. And they're being yeah. underwritten. You know, and you, you like, would we, as a, as, you know, if I was a promoter, would I ever do three and a half thousand capacity in Kermainham build the whole setup, put the whole structure. Like, you'd lose, you'd lose uh, you know, a fortune on it. But yes, it's underwritten by the government in order, you know, to keep. So, I mean, really... And yet here's where we're at, problems, like, here's where we're at. 91%... Yeah, and 91% of adults are partially vaccinated and 85% of adults are fully vaccinated. It's just, it's astonishing that at what stage do you say, okay, um, we can now learn to live with this, stop dealing with the numbers on a daily basis and get on with our lives? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's ridiculous. We've seen, you know, the UK, Portugal, Spain, Germany, all reopen, France. I mean, we're always going to get spikes. You will always get spikes no matter what we do. We have to learn to live with it. And at the end of the day, you know, we've been asked as a sector, as a the event sector, we've stood by in harmony, right? And we're asked to do stop trading. We have done that now for 18, 18 months. If we were school teachers, if we were uh, guardy or civil servants, it would not be tolerated. Most of the people within our sector have been forced to live on less than 350 euro for the last 18 months. And I mean, really at this stage, you know, for the, for the Taoiseach, Michal Martin, to attend an event with 40,000 people, with Simon Coveney there, and then to refuse us even open up any parts of our sector is an absolute disgrace and an insult to our sector. So you're representing the entertainment sector, or at least the Events Industry Alliance, there could be up to 35,000 working in it. You're saying as a group you're asking him to resign. 
but we're asking him to consider his position. Um, I mean, to be honest with you, we have written, um, you know, I have written to Michal Martin uh, over 20, 25 times and he hasn't even responded. Um, he not has, once did no, you get a response, not no? Not once, no. You get a, the resp- unless you call an automated mail to say uh, That's not your a mail has been received. No. Um, he has, we have asked to meet him numerous times. He is, doesn't even turn up last Wednesday, to last Wednesday's meeting. And this is the only sector that is fully closed. You've got to remember that. You know, we stood by, we understand we were going to be last. You know, we've waited in the background, you know, patiently. And now, you know, it's an absolute, people are gutted. People are actually traveling to the UK next weekend to work on cream fields in order to secure work. Irish people are emigrating you know, from our sector. And it's built years to build up our whole uh, entertainment and event sector. We have some of the best people in the world working, you know, on events, and we are now losing it. And this industry is in absolute crisis, and it's it's uh, shameful of the way that Michal Martin has treated our event sector. Okay, Justin, thanks for taking the call and impi- an impassioned point of view. I do appreciate it. As always, Justin Green, event promoter, a member of the Events Industry Alliance. 35,000 in the entertainment sector closed for 18 months. Text 0868104106 on that. Text the Neil Prenderville Show now. 0868104106. Red FM. You betcha. Kathleen's on six. Morning, Kathleen. Good morning, Neil. Behold Martin and the 40,000 at Croker. Your thoughts? That's my thoughts. But first of all, it's great to see the crowd. Uh, great to see the match going on. Um, second of all, the entertainment sector, I feel very sorry for those people because they're down their wages and they depend on their wages. There's no music at weddings or venues. But my most important thing, Neil, have those people lost their minds? Friday, Saturday and today, the match is over now. It's gone. There is people in hospitals all over Ireland. There is sick people in homes with dementia and other illnesses and they're not allowed one visitor for one hour in the day, any day. They're elderly, they're vulnerable and they need to see a familiar face, a family member and they're not allowed in even though the family are vaccinated. And he had the cheek and the gall to go to Croke Park yesterday and sit among 41,000 people and cheer on Cork like everybody else did from their own situation. The president was there. The, pres- the, pres- the president was there. The Taoiseach would have been there. Exactly. Uh, our Lord Mayor the possibly was there. But aren't, aren't you supposed to have that kind of representation at a match like that? I a Taoiseach? See. Yes, you are supposed to have that representation. But who's representing the vulnerable people of Ireland? Are you telling who's me that you still can't... Are you, still t- are you telling me that you can't visit a loved one in a nursing home? No, you can't. You can't sit at their bedside with them when they're at their their last. You can't sit with them when they're at their work. Wasn't that relaxed, family. though? Wasn't there some kind of a system brought into play where you could book it time? It was not relaxed, Neil. Michal Martin needs to resign. We have no leadership in this country. We have none. Well, last year I was hearing People about... People unve- Ireland are on a limb. We are you, where we stand. Are you it's telling me this morning that there's still no visits to nursing homes? As far as I know, there's no visit to nursing homes and the Mercy Hospital two weeks ago refused any people 
They stopped the ambulances and the paramedics from going into the A&E. They sent them and diverted them to the CUH hospital. That's what the Mercy Hospital did two weeks ago. They stopped what? They diverted the ambulance crew to the CUH and they stopped any people going in that the doctors would refer them to go to A&E for a visit or to be assessed. And I experienced that hands-on myself. But what, 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 the people who were turning up at A&E, was it an accident or was it an emergency? No matter what it was, they were not allowed in and they were diverted ambulances to the CUH. This country, Neil, is a joke. We were forced to, at the start, we were told, you can get the vaccination, you should get the vaccination. Then it was, if you don't get the vaccination, you can't do A, B or C. Yeah. No, we're, we're fully vaccinated now. We're fully vaccinated. You can't go and visit an elderly person in hospital. You can't visit an elderly person. You're looking through a glass panel in a residential home. You're after major surgery and you can't have your husband or your wife or your son or daughter sitting at your bedside when you wake up to see if you're okay. Old people but you couldn't have a partially vaccinated person visiting a hospital. Who said anything about partially vaccinated? I just I just say there's 80% of the country fully vaccinated. 85. And we're still not allowed to come and go. Yeah. But yes, Micheál Martin, President D. Higgins, they were all in Croke Park yesterday celebrating with the Cork and the Limerick supporters. What's the difference in the music section, having music at a wedding or at a venue? And most importantly, the most vulnerable in our you see, I think, I think that you may not be, no disrespect to you, but I, I think that there are visits to at least some nursing. Oh, hang on a second. Lisa. Hello, Neil. Because I was, I was shocked. I mean, what, where are we at with visit, visiting a, a parent in a nursing home? Well, I have an aunt in a nursing home. It's, will I say the name? Sure. Um, Bishop's Town Court Nursing Home. And now I've only been double vaxxed, I suppose, for the last six weeks. So I, I wouldn't go and visit until I was to make sure I'd be keeping her safe. So I suppose I, I'm back visiting my aunt maybe for the last five, six weeks again. But I know her daughter was visiting for ages before that. So it's not every nursing home, I'd say. You know? I need to dig out the COVID guidelines or with regards to uh, nursing home visits. I know it's that there's... Res- the COVID guidelines, Neil. Michal Martin needs to resign. He's not running the country accordingly. He's running it according to him and according to Leo Varadkar. Well, I'm, I'm, absolutely, sh- I'm absolutely shocked because uh, he, was, he was at the Rowing Ireland team homecoming there at the weekend. He was in Croke Park, blah, blah, blah. And that's all sure, very well. But, but, but why, wouldn't he, why wouldn't he respond to 25 emails from the, um, exactly. the entertainment industry? Or why wouldn't he meet with them last week? Those people are struggling on the COVID payment of 350. The Irish entertainers. There's 35,000 of them, like. The entertainers are going abroad now for work. But again, that's all in hindsight. I know they need their wages, they need to pay their bills. But it's the vulnerable people. As I said, the vaccine was voluntarily at the start. It was voluntary. If you want to get it, you get it. If you don't, you don't. Then it was a case you can't go in anywhere if you don't get it. So we all were like sheep to the slaughter. We all got the vaccinations. Now they're saying it's a spike again. As that gentleman just said, we're always going to have a spike somewhere or another. His la- he he recently said that we have not yet reached the peak of the Delta wave. Lisa. Yes, Neil? When you, went, when you go into the nursing home, do you have to produce a cert? 
Well, I am double vaxxed, but you have to fill out. When you go, they take your temperature outside now in the hallway. They take your temperature and you have to fill out the form, you know, if you have a cough or if you've seen anybody in the last couple of weeks that came back from holidays, all those questions. And then they take your temperature and they log that in. You have to fill in your, um, they ask, are you fully vaxxed? And I said, yes. So they Do you have you to produce proof of it? No, I wasn't asked. Okay. I, I told them I was sorry, but okay. I wasn't asked. Okay. No. So just no. to be, just but to I be, I do wear a mask as well while I'm in there. Ah, yeah. Would you accept all of that? True to wear a mask and everywhere we go indoors. Um, residents. Need at, the bottom line. No, no. Well, the bottom Please line, Kathleen. The bottom line. The bottom line is this: residents at nursing homes and residential care facilities can have up to four visits per week from two people at a time once the care home has a high level four of vaccination. Per week. And 41,000 can go into Croke Park yesterday and socialise and mix and everything else. 41,000. Four There's visits per week. No, I'm just saying... No, I know, but I'm just saying that there are visits to nursing homes. Four visits per week from two people well, at a time. hospitals, Neil? I experienced it myself. Hands on, I experienced it myself. No, I know. I'm only quoting the HSC website that says... But the website, just like what comes out of his mouth, means nothing. What me on Martin spills out means nothing when he can go up to Croke Park and sit among 40,000 people and enjoy the banter. People can't have a two-piece band at a wedding. They can't have entertainment mm. at a venue. And all those people are out of work, struggling. And to see him then on live television enjoying the banter. Do you think that's fair, Neil? Do well, you I, think it's fair? I, no, I don't think it's On the music industry and entertainment... Personally speaking, industry. no, I don't think it's fair, particularly if it's uh, particularly if it's outdoor gigs. I don't well, see. I don't see any other. I don't see it. Vaccinations for us. We have our search. We got the vaccinations for indoors, outdoors. It doesn't matter. I'm obliged to it's tell you. I'm obliged to tell you that you do know that a vaccinated person can give COVID nineteen to an unvaccinated person. You know that, don't yes, you? Yes, I understand okay, that. Good. Okay, okay. I do understand that, and that's the reason most of us, with a bit of a brain in our head, got vaccinated to help the situation along. But we're no further along now than what we were months ago. Because uh, we're, m- we're, m- we're much further along than we were months ago. Much further. Tell right. that to the entertainment section. Tell that to the elderly people that can't use an iPhone, that are in hospital and their relatives are crying on the phone. They can't get information. I should have gone to hospital two weeks ago, Neil. Yeah. Yeah. And an ambulance came to my door and they told me, even if I went in with the ambulance, First of all, it wasn't, sorry, it wasn't an ambulance, it was a car with a doctor and a paramedic. Now, if I had wanted an ambulance, okay, it would have had to come from Kildare because there was none available in Cork. And another reason was, if I went, I'd have had to wait four hours for the ambulance to come to me. And then they told me nicely, I could be shuffled out the other side for 10 to 12 hours. What does that mean, shuffled out the other side? What does that mean? Out of the waiting room in the A&E. Yeah, 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 yeah. You go in one side by ambulance because you're a priority, but then when you get in, there's nowhere for let you. Me, let me, um, you out. okay, let me move on if you will, because we covered a lot of ground with you. Thank you both. Thank you, Kathleen. Right, I would appreciate if Hall Martin gave his resignation. <laughs> I would appreciate if Hall Martin would go. Okay, all right. Thanks, he Kathleen. He definitely needs to go. Okay, uh, text 0868104106 on that. Email neil at redfm.ie. Is it time for Hall Martin to go? Right, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'll talk to John, but would you mind? I want to read this email on ambulances because Kathleen mentioned it and... and 
different ambulance related stories come up there from time to time and I keep reaching for it so I'm going to do that now uh, and I know I had other business to do between now and midday but I'm going to read that because um, it just fits in with regards to say for instance what Kathleen was just saying there about ambulances coming from Kildare uh, John good morning Good morning Neil how are you? I'm good um, now your kids had their first fish at the weekend is it? Yeah, my son's uh, Irish dancing school had our first fish since since before the lockdown. It was the first fish held in the Republic of Ireland since that time. And the criteria was, and they were delighted to be down there, and if you saw the photographs of the kids actually smiling and stage and everything. But they had to stay in pods of six. Now, this was held out in a field in, in a trolley GA pitch. Now, there was a tent. But they, were, they, were, they had to stay in pods of six, right? It was literally an outdoor fish, but obviously there, there was um, a marquee there. Um, but my point was, uh, earlier on, I heard you saying, you know, why didn't Michael Fatley, he's got millions and he's down in, in from I, to back the cock team. Michael Fatley wouldn't have made a penny only through Irish dance. Yet Irish dance has been, there's fish has been held in America. They've never stopped. Right? They've never stopped in England. They're dancing in England. Three weeks ago, my son brought his school up to the, the north of Ireland to a fish in Belfast. And no problems. Nothing. And yes, we're Irish dancing, our Irish culture. And people must remember that there's musicians at these fishes as well. So there's musicians being um, categorised as, you know, and they're being knocked back. And I just think it's an utter disgrace mm. that our culture. I mean, music, song and dance is our culture. And if people want to change all that, okay, but at least give us a chance to get back. I mean, I I feel so sorry for the musicians. I feel so sorry for all these dancers. I mean, I was at the the protest last week in Sidentown. I mean, you know, the the, the drama, the the, all the other dance... That's right, two locations, the Opera House and Winter Street, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, and I mean, it it was fabulous to see. and You could see the kids... And people forget about this. This is about the kids, you know. But but they're stopping. Um, like the teachers in these schools can only teach one on one. But they you had a teach. fish at the weekend. That's a good thing. There was a fish. It was. It was. A, it's progress. It's progress. Yeah. But it was all the restrictions in it. And then them kids come out of that fish. Yeah, but the industry this morning, forty five thousand of them said that they will only have vaccinated. That they will do all of the contact tracing. And that they will do an awful lot more than the north of Ireland is doing, the UK or America or any European country, and they still can't even get a meeting. You're okay, brave. no, 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 there's nothing. I if mean, somebody it, has a problem with you, you deserve a face-to-face meeting with the person. Exactly, yeah. exactly, okay. Neil. I okay. mean, why, why, why Michael Martin won't come out and meet, meet these people? It's, it's a joke. Actually, the Minister for um, Arts and Culture was known in Trilly on Thursday, and she had she only reiterated what she was what you had mentioned this morning that she was turned away from a meeting. Catherine Martin. Okay. All right. Yeah. Thanks, John. Delighted Thank you had a good Thank day you. at the weekend. Congratulations to all involved in the fesh. Back after the break. Text oh eight six eight one zero four one zero six. The Neil Prendival Show on Cork's Red FM. Our phone lines remain open after midday. Eighteen fifty one zero four one zero six. Yes, indeed. Contacted uh, by text to the program. I'm also seeing some texts coming in on my own phone. And then uh, one or two people have been in touch with me by Instagram as well. On my Instagram page saying, don't forget to wish Jim Hanley of Hanley's Garden Centre a very happy birthday from all his friends and 
all of his staff at Hanley's who want to wish him well on the day that's in it. Thank you for reminding me of that, Marion. Uh, hi to you, Jim. Happy birthday to you from everyone that knows you. An all-round great guy. Have a great day today. They'll spoil you rotten. Um, have a listen to this. This will blow your mind. I'm writing to you anonymously due to the fact that I work for the National Ambulance Service and I'm liable to lose my job if I speak out about how the ambulance service in this country is not fit for purpose. It is a completely broken service and isn't working the way it should be to serve the public. As you may be aware, when you ring 999, you get through to a call taker in either Dublin or Ballyshannon. These people are not medically trained and read off a screen. They ask you questions in relation to your illness or injury and will then decide what category your call falls under. As they use a tall call AMPDS, which stands for Advanced Medical Priority Dispatch System. Um, That's the tool they use. The system was in place in the UK. It didn't work. It was got rid of. And in our own country's wisdom, we bought it. And now it's not working here. But like everything in Ireland, we preserve and aren't willing to admit defeat. So going on this system, control, then they have 90 seconds to task an ambulance to the call. It's not about the nearest available resource. It's all about stopping the clock for them, regardless of one, where the caller is, and two, where the ambulance is coming from. So, for example, a crew from Castletown Bear can be tasked to a call in Waterford, a crew from Limerick to a call in McCroom, or a crew from Yall can be tasked to a call in Carlo and get there, which could take them three hours, if not more. But yet the call taker does not have to inform the family that they'll be waiting this long for an ambulance, even if they live across the road from a hospital. They say they're not allowed, but they do not have a duty of care to the public to tell them. Wouldn't you like to know the time? I'll give you a few examples of what happens on a daily basis in the ambulance service. A crew from McCroom could be tasked to a call in Waterford, which could be two hours away. And 10 minutes out from the call destination, they could be told, you're stood down and tasked and said to a call in Clonmel, which could be 90 minutes away. Again, 10 minutes out from that scene, they're again stood down to a higher priority call in Limerick City, another 60 miles away. Halfway there, they again could be stood down and tasked to turn around to a call in Dungarvan, another 90 minutes and again stood down. And this happens on a daily basis to nearly every crew in the country as we meet each other in hospitals and are appalled by this carry-on, driving for hours and getting nowhere. A crew drove over 900 kilometres in a 12-hour shift and never made any patient because of being constantly stood down. That's worth repeating. A crew drove over 900 kilometres in a 12-hour shift and never met a patient because of being stood down. It's not unknown for a Cork City ambulance to be heading to Morn Abbey for a call and passing the Mallow ambulance heading to Ballancolic for a call. Also, a crew from any station in Cork could be sent to Dublin 11 hours into a 12-hour shift, forcing them to work in excess of 20 hours without any concern for their health and well-being. And when the crew say that they have a concern for themselves, the patient, the staff travelling, other road users, they are immediately asked, are you refusing to do the call? Because the minute you say yes, you will be suspended. Elderly people lying on the floor for four hours with a broken hip is not acceptable. A person doing CPR on their loved one for 50 minutes, as that's how long the nearest available ambulance is away. And the call taker still on the line telling them to keep going with the CPR. The ambulance will be with you shortly. Or a sick or injured child and the parents are told 
not to move the child. The ambulance is on the way. It's failed to ring them back to tell them that they have diverted the same ambulance and two others so one won't be with them for three hours. Instead of contacting them and telling them this information and letting the parents decide to drive them themselves the 15 minutes in the car up the road to the emergency department. The GPs also have a lot to answer for as well. Instead of visiting the patients themselves, they tell them to ring an ambulance. When the patient is well enough to make their own way, people, Neil, have to take a bit of responsibility for themselves and stop using the ambulance as a taxi service. The amount of times we arrive on the scene and two to five cars are outside the house and the patient is standing at the door with their bag in their hand waiting for the ambulance to take them to the ED as they think they'll be seen faster. I can tell you now, Neil, they, w- they won't. They could be waiting in the ambulance triage area with the crew for two hours and then put to a waiting room or worse, still sitting in the back of an ambulance for four hours or more before they ever get inside the door of the hospital. That ties up the ambulance for at least four hours as well, just because they didn't want to make their own way in the first place. At the end of the day, Neil, it is an emergency ambulance and not a taxi service. The service is on its knees. And we are so short-staffed due to staff being taken off the road to do COVID swabbing and vaccinating, people on annual leave or long-term sick leave. And the solution by management is to put this EMT, emergency medical technician, who has six weeks training, who are employed to do inter-hospital patient transfers, and put them on emergency ambulances with a paramedic or an advanced paramedic. They're diluting the service after all the years of advanced medically Uh, They're going back to the days of a driver and a nurse, which is going to be a disaster for patient care. It takes a paramedic two years of college work to qualify. And if they then want to progress to advanced paramedic level, they go back to college for further education for another year. And now it's acceptable to have a person with six weeks training, basic training, on the front line of an ambulance. This is a disaster waiting to happen. The job is stressful enough in itself without any job of this nature. You need to be able to depend on your partner and you need to know that this person has your back and has the confidence to deal with any serious medical illness or trauma without having to stop and explain what needs to be done next and how it will be done. So all decisions made fall back on the paramedic. And if a medication error occurs due to the EMT's six-week lack of knowledge, then the paramedic may lose their job. All because management seem to think this is a quick fix. There's a lot of things going on behind closed doors between management and SIP2, as we've been informed that this has been signed off without any discussion with staff on the road. It's all wrong of management to force EMTs to work on emergency emergency ambulances when it's not what they signed up for. Many do advance and go forward to paramedic level, but that is by choice on completing two years of full training. Finally, when I joined the ambulance service, I was proud to have achieved what I've achieved. I now feel ashamed and embarrassed to work for the ambulance service at all. I don't do this job for the pats on the back or the money. I do it because I love the job. But if they dilute dilute the service, I will have to look at leaving the job and seeking employment elsewhere. Thanks again. Hope you get to read this out. Stay safe. And that is a worker with the National Ambulance Service who asked me not to give out his or her details because they would be sacked. Well, it's a worry, isn't it? I mean, it's bizarre to hear the ambulances being moved around from county to county and, you know, doing a two-hour journey and then 10 minutes from the destination being stood down to go elsewhere over and over and over again. 
that email says emailer says that that system was introduced in the UK and they scrapped it. We bought the system and still use it. Lines open. Text 0868104106. I'll bet there are people with ambulance stories. Uh, so do share. Email neil at uh, redfm.ie. But bear in mind, this person did mention in part of the email um, of the ambulance being used as a taxi service. The amount of times we arrive at a house that can have between two and five cars outside the house and the patient is standing at their door with a bag in hand waiting for the ambulance when they could have gone in a car. Okay, uh, pick up the phone, one eight fifty one zero four one zero six. You can text 0868104106. I won't get much of this in, but we need to play a little bit of this promise because two out of three just ain't bad. Might get it all in if I just let it run. For the hurlers and their supporters on Lee side, meatloaf. Out of three ain't bad. The under twenties and the minors. Um, Jim Steinman wrote a whole load of hits for uh, Meatloaf. He also wrote um, Total Eclipse of the Heart for Bonnie Tyler. I didn't get to play that lovely story, Daniel Keane's story, a bit of himself and Dobby the cat, cat out in Vietnam. It's a lovely story. I'll give it a. I didn't get to it Friday because we were talking about all sorts of match related things, and it'll be in the morning before I play it. It's a lovely, lovely story of the cat saving the day. So all that and lots more besides tomorrow. Pat says regarding the fam- the guy going on about a fa- family families from Cork being at the match regarding the tickets well each player got a minimum of six tickets that's why your man your ma'am your man could have his dad there a wife and two or three kids it's six per player less of the criticism of players and management on the county board anything the players wanted on side, they got remember in the 1970s we often massacred teams when we were the kings so deep breaths please people and count to a billion says Pat O'Sullivan from Sarsfield Road uh, I was in Croke Park yesterday the buzz before the match was unreal but before the match even started it just felt like the day was limericks their supporters were buzzing and the team was confident. I didn't think the match would go as badly for Cork, but they're young and I think the future is bright, but it's Limerick for another while. Fair play to Cork for getting as far as they did uh, and not for fouling like the Limerick team did. It was a great game. At the end of the day, there can only be one winner, so they should be proud of themselves today and so should everyone else. Be proud of them. It was a great day for the kids after everything we've been through over the past two years. Uh, I thought there was great spirit in it and I think they were great. There are many games to come in the future. You can't win them all. Just one final one before I leave you. The abuse modern day GA players get, especially in Cork, is just awful. And I know brilliant footballers that are capable of playing for county. But the scrutiny and abuse that gets thrown at players when things don't go right has turned them off it. They have jobs and families to think of. Look at Philly McMahon in Dublin. He doesn't owe Dublin anything, but he's received abuse after their loss last week to Mayo. Limerick are just a class outfit at the moment. And Cork at the beginning of their long journey. So those that criticise them, lay off them. Our lines will stay open at one 106 Text 0868104106 and we'll pick it up in the morning. Have a good day. I'll see you tomorrow. Thanks for listening to this Red FM podcast. Don't forget to subscribe and check out redextra.ie for more great Red FM content.